people find recovery. This show is pre-recorded. May your heart be as strong as the barbed wire around the Capitol. And your courage is as vast as America's debt. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Just don't understand. Maybe we do, son. Don't think you have a corner on all of virtue vision in the country or that everybody else is fat and selfish and you're the first generation to come along that's felt dissatisfied. They all have, you know, about different things and most of them didn't have the same opportunity and freedoms that you do. It's not perfect, but it's a great deal better than when we grew up. A hundred men standing in the street hoping for one job, selling apples on the street corner. That's one of the things we were dissatisfied about and you don't see that much anymore. I don't know. Maybe part of it's the fact that you're in a hurry. You've grown up on instant orange juice. Flip a dial, instant entertainment, turn a key, push a pedal, instant transportation, flash a card, instant money, shove in a problem, push a few buttons, instant answers. But some problems you can't get quick answers to no matter how much you want them. Show me how to get rid of the unlimited capacity for human beings to make themselves believe that they're somehow right and justified in stealing from somebody. While you're at it, don't break things up in the name of progress or crack a placard stick over somebody's head to help him see the light. Be careful of his rights, because your property and your person and your rights aren't any better than his. And next time, you may be the one to get it. So hang in. Don't try to build a new country. Make the old one work. It has for over 400 years. And by the world's standards, that's hardly more than yesterday. Hi there. Welcome. Kate Daly Show. So glad you're joining me. And uh, I've got quite a show for you today, actually. I love that. Uh, So a little, you know... um, little Joe Friday for you. What can I say? <laughs> I love going back in the Wayback Machine and, and uh, providing some some clips because if, if I have to play uh, Biden's clips, I don't know. I might gouge my eyes um, <laughs> because I can't handle listening to him. This was this was his clip from uh, from today. I can only stand to play 13 seconds, but here you go. By his exit strategy, the the president also acknowledging that the administration was caught off guard by the speed of the Taliban takeover. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. No, it was actually planned. I mean... (laughs) Plan chaos. Anyway, I welcome you to the show. They love theater. Uh, they're very calculating. Give me a break. They wanted it to, to go like this. And so I don't believe that for a hot minute. Um, but somebody's in his ear talking to him and he's just repeating the words on camera. So there you go. Welcome to the show. And uh, I had a lot of fun hosting Alex Jones fourth hour today and on to our show. And let me just tell you, I have a sheriff on with me who made the headlines. And as we are facing the fall and the winter and they are telling us, you know, a pack of lies like the Delta variant, all, all of this stuff going on. Are we going to be looking at more lockdowns? Are we, uh, what about the fraud issue? It just so happens that uh, Afghanistan came the exact same time they should have been talking about voter fraud with the Mike Lindell symposium. Why didn't they? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, they like to divert the headlines. So I actually have uh, Sheriff Darleaf on with me from Michigan. And then I have Scott McEwen, who wrote uh, American Sniper, coming on to talk about Afghanistan. But Sheriff Leaf and I are going to be talking a little bit about how to how to how to find a constitutional sheriff. What what do we need to look for? What made him stand? What made him do what he did to protect uh, the citizens in Michigan? What was it? Um, what's key? 
What do we need to know? I know. See, I have a lot of questions. But there's so many things that he did. And, and when he got into the headlines, and boy, did he get into the headlines. Um, Miss Michigan sheriff enlists private eye to grill clerk about, you know, vote fraud. And, um, I, you know, all kinds of headlines. And I just, I sat and talked with uh, with Dar at the, with Sheriff Leaf at, at Freedom Fest. And he gave a wonderful uh, presentation about what he did. And I'm just excited to have you. So welcome to the show, Sheriff Darleaf. How are you? I love that lead-in you had too with the dragnet. Right, right. That, that was that was perfect. Right. I just I love the old old shows, old clips. The stuff we get we get to view now is just crap. And so I like to go back to the old stuff. I'm a little bit of an old soul. Um, but you know, I, I I loved it when you suggested that Whitmer's kidnapping could be a citizen's arrest, and 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 that you were right there with the machines and the election fraud uh, that was going on. That it was so obvious. What what gave you that what do you call it you know the the stand quality the take a stand quality what made you like that what made you take a stand confidence Mm. and a lot of it had to do with the cspoa but when i first got elected you gotta understand i went from deputy all the way up to sheriff i was never a sergeant lieutenant or anything in between wow i didn't like what was going on in my community i didn't like the good old boy scratch my back scratch yours Mm -hmm. and uh it just didn't play right with me i thought it was that's corruption right and uh, so I decided to run and uh, knocked on a lot of doors. Did you? Yeah. And, you know, oh, my goodness, yes, I did. I, I put my head down and just knocked on doors. Good for you, and, though. And uh, we set a record on the most people voting in my county in a primary. Mm. Wow. And I think it was just, I think it was the just boots on the ground, knock on the door, mm. talk to people. Old school. I like that. And, uh, yeah. and the fact that that, con- that connection, face-to-face connection, so you could be sincere and say, this is what I want. Um, were you raised to understand the Constitution? Was this something, what, when did this come, kind of come along in your life uh, to give you that, that, that confidence when you wanted to run for sheriff and you knew what you wanted to, the kind of sheriff you wanted to be? Oh, really? It wasn't the confidence to run. It was the necessary necessity to run mm. and i was like so many others that run for office i had kind of an i don't want to call it an axe to grind but you, right. you want to make the changes you want to correct things and uh i had a game plan when i got elected there was a five-year plan i was going to implement mm-hmm. and that that helped a lot that people could actually see this is what i was going to do and uh yeah it just the confidence came later because when i first got elected I, I'm not kidding. I sat in the, we call it the corner office. Mm-hmm. I sat in the chair and I literally put my feet up on the desk and said, <laughs> now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, Daunting. Anyways, so I started doing research on the office of the sheriff and I started out with a Anderson's book on the sheriff. And those are, there's two of them that are really, really thick. Mm. And uh, then I had a lot of people, I mean, as soon as my, uh, I announced that I won. I had people calling me saying, hey, we got to talk. we got to talk about this that's going on with the federal government. We gotta, and I'm going, what? Oh, wait a minute, time out here. Right. And so I started doing some research on the office of the sheriff. I knew it was more than a police chief because it was an elected office countywide. And there wasn't any schools on it. We had the new sheriff's school, mm-hmm. and that was, that was helpful, don't get me wrong. That's through the Michigan Sheriff's Association. But it, it, I still felt like there was something missing. Hmm. And uh, so I started doing research, and then I met an attorney. His name is Carson Tucker. He's a common law attorney, 
and a JAG attorney for the military. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he uh, he did a PowerPoint presentation talking about the history of the sheriff and the recognition of the sheriff being the chief law enforcement officer by uh, the state and federal courts. And mm-hmm. I mean, it went on right on down the line. It was a long presentation. Hmm. So I hooked up with him, and we I started sharing information with him. And uh, then I started getting involved with uh, a common law group about three years ago. And that kind of put me in another league, as in they start showing me stuff like the Marbury cases and stuff, stuff they don't sure. show us today. Right. The Henkel case and stuff like that. Hmm. I love this. Stuff, that, stuff I never heard of in the Indian right. Academy. Sure. And which is a shame, by the way. They should be teaching that. I mean, that's a, that's a shame because these are the things that you need to know to be able to stand for the citizenry, do the job effectively. You need to, you know, have that history. And so it's a shame that they're not teaching that, but I'm glad that you, you know, had the wherewithal to make sure that you knew those things. That's, in, that's huge. That's important for people to understand when they're, when they're hiring a sheriff, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. in my fifth term, and I said, you know, I'm finally getting the hang of this. <laughs> After the fifth term, wow! You're in your fifth that's little, term. That's a little sarcasm. No, I, uh, I just started I love to get pretty it. confident after the first couple of years, right? Right. And started understanding the proper role of it. And I there was a fourth this. grade question my son had when in his elementary class: What's the proper role of government? Yeah. And I asked that to anybody who wants to run for office: Is you better be able to answer that question. Mm. And they sit there and they start, you know, talk about taxes. They talk talk about protecting people and. Right. And they they go through all this stuff that's way off base. Sure. It's simple. Your job as government is to protect people's rights. Well, amen to that. I, you came out pretty strong on the fraud that everyone in the country knew was going on. I would say the vast majority, unless they had their heads in the sand. And uh, and you talked about it being unlawful counting and manufacturing and hundreds of thousands of illegal, ineligible, duplicate, or purely fictitious ballots in the state of Michigan. When you came out and you were all over the news, did you get a lot of pushback from county commissioners or people that, um, you know, in the city offices and the county offices and the state? Did you get any pushback? The worst pushback <laughs> I got was when I was in front of the news media talking about the, uh, they were trying to pin the uh, two guys in my county that got arrested for that, taking part in that plot against mm-hmm. the governor. And I can't remember what the news reporter said that kind of set me off. And I'm going, wait a minute, these guys are innocent until proven guilty. Right. We shouldn't be trying them in the media. Mm. And there was, but there was a lot of stuff that was getting released, and I've never seen anything like it. It was like, holy cow, what are you guys doing? Right. Uh, this, this is not right. And I was approached at a, a couple of rallies, and I didn't think the people were serious about housing the governor if they had arrested her. And my reaction back was, you know, you give me the proper paperwork from the court of my jurisdiction, I'll house just about anybody. Hmm. And uh, it didn't dawn on me anybody was serious about doing this. And reality, we don't know if these guys were serious about it yet because more and more stuff is popping up about the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyhow, after I made those comments and I rattled off the MCL number, which is the Michigan Compiled Law number for citizen arrest, and the only reason I read that off is because that's what was given to me by somebody who uh, thought the citizens could do that. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my goodness, we got doxxed. It was, I bet you, three phone calls a minute for three Jeez. weeks straight, 24-7. Oh, I, Nasty. yeah. 
I can't even wild, imagine. Wild. I mean, this is, you know, the, 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 you have this insanely crazy weirdo governor anyway, and then they wanted to take this into a three-ring circus on their spin in the media. And then, of course, you've got this situation because, you know, there was there was a definite blocking of the information there in Michigan, and people knew it. And so I'm sure you had a lot of citizens calling you and going, yes, <laughs> somebody's saying yeah. it. It's a sheriff. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, well, I had a, my own sheriff's association uh, did a press release uh, shaming me. Uh, my own prosecutor here in town here did the same thing. Hmm. Uh, prosecuting attorneys association, and you look what's happening now. This case is kind of falling apart. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And uh, because they tried to spin it, they tried to take it into and do something with the headlines that turned her into a victim. And people noticed that. I mean, it's it's not. It was pretty obvious what they were trying to do with that. But I can understand how. You know, what 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 recourses do we have as individuals, as citizens of this country? So we're going to come right back a little bit more with uh, Sheriff Dar Leaf L E A F Leaf, and uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Lansing, uh, Michigan was writing the story that I was commenting on. Be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Jason Edwards from the Zion Institute. If you're over the age of 50 and have cloudy or blurred vision or difficulty driving at night, these could be signs that you have a cataract. Good news is, cataracts are very treatable and after removal, we can have you seeing better than you have in years. Zion Eye Institute has cared for the eyes of Southern Utah for over 40 years. Let our family care for your family. Call Zion Eye Institute today. 435-292-5456. 435 435- Join Lyle Boss, president of Boss Financial for Safe Money Radio, every Friday at 5 p.m. right here. Or call Lyle Boss now for your complimentary Safe Money book, Safe Money Miracle, at 855-355-7233. Happy Holidays from Skinny Utah. At Skinny Utah, it's our holiday special now through the end of the year where two people can lose 20 pounds or more in 40 days for the price of one. When you sign up in December, you have until the end of January to start. We have four offices and we are now open in St. George. Our proven weight loss program is 100% natural and there are never any prepackaged meals or shakes to buy. We also never use drugs or hormones and best of all, at Skinny Utah, we don't just help you lose 20 pounds or more in 40 days. We teach you how to keep it off for good. During your consultation, you will receive a body composition analysis, a $200 value, free of charge, and learn everything you need to know to lose 20 pounds or more in the next 40 days. Skinny Utah uses technology to know why your body is holding on to weight, so each plan is customized for you. Take the first step to a more healthy you in 2023 by going to SkinnyUtah.com and schedule an appointment today. At SkinnyUtah.com, you have nothing to lose but the weight. Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner-builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. 
Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. Hi, friends and neighbors. It's Greg from Gold Ore Store, your best choice for silver and gold as a great alternative to a terribly disappointing government and its awful failing dollar. Every day, people come from all over the area with their stories of dismay and stress related to their bank accounts and how frustrated they are with the present economic conditions. The banks are a mess. The corporations are a mess. The government's a mess. People always fall back to the things they know to always be true. My message is one of hope and relief for us as Americans. Buy physical silver as a hedge against uncontrolled government and their wasteful spending programs. In this season of giving, we are ready and able to assist you in your decision to let go of those discretionary funds and buy silver and gold. We are the world-famous, award-winning St. George's iconic hub downtown. Come experience the one-on-one privacy and security of the Gold Ore Store. 435-703-9119. Again, 435-703-9119. What if I told you the next 53 seconds could change your life. I know it sounds dramatic, but it's true. And while this ad might not be for everyone, if what I'm about to describe sounds familiar, you need to call us today. Let me get to the point. You've heard all the medical terms or nicknames, but ED is real. In fact, most of the people we work with deal with depression, unsatisfied relationships, an unhappy spouse, and even confidence issues. People think it's just about the bedroom. But if you're struggling with ED, you know it's far more. At Prolong Medical Center, our treatment plans have an 85% success rate. Yes, 85%. If privacy is keeping you from picking up the phone, we get it. This is why we have a discreet entrance and spread appointments out. Worried about price? Don't stress. Treatment is affordable and transparent. Your case is not hopeless. This can change your life. Prolong Medical Center in St. George. Online at ProlongMedicalCenter.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Moore from U.S. Bank, wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. And remember, when considering your banking preference, always think U.S. Bank and Suzanne Moore. Team 50, this is the Kate Daly Show. back machine am i right uh what is that like 70s 80s anyways welcome back to the show make sure you get over to mypillow.com and uh and let me just say um you're gonna love the products but right now because of what's happening to him via the government um and exposing voter fraud uh that's mike lindell the my pillow guy he's actually extending the savings onto you at up to 66 percent off this is a great time to grab christmas gifts
gifts because I don't know what's going to be going on in the fall and winter, shortages wise and everything else. I would grab Christmas gifts. I would, you know, you're also helping Truth and Radio. You're also helping Mike Lindell, who I've partnered up with, uh, to expose uh, to 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 expose voter fraud. And of course, we get the Afghanistan chaos in the midst of when they should have been commenting on that symposium because they did have fake news media there. And so um, here we are, right? Um, just make sure that you go to mypillow.com, support Truth and Radio. It supports the show, keeps me on the air, keeps uh, him um, doing what he's doing because I don't know of anyone else, private citizen wise, that's doing what Mike's doing and putting himself uh, in harm's way doing it. Make sure you support him, support the show, and get the most wonderful products you've ever had. If you're a snorer, get the blue label pillow from my pillow. Um, it really does. It takes out the snoring. It's awesome. You will love me for this. Just email me and tell me you'll love me for this one. Blue label, and it's only sold on mypillow.com, not even in the retail stores anyway. So, um, my guest is, are you, oh, make sure and use the code Kate. K-A-T-E. That's that's what gets you the 66% savings. K-A-T-E. And I really appreciate you doing that. Um, so my guest is Sheriff Darleaf. You will recognize him from being all over the news. Um, and in, in uh, you know, when the when the whole voting fraud was going on, because you were actually a dar, you were actually uh, wanting to seize machines and, and say, you know, this is going on. Everybody could see. I mean, this was this was just a joke that they tried to pass this off as an election. But I love as a sheriff that you went forward to do that. And when I was talking to you about giving you that, you know, where'd you get that wherewithal to really jump in the fray and, and do this? You were actually a Democrat. Yeah. Starting out like growing up. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a Democrat. I didn't know what I was. But my parents, my dad was a UAW. I worked at General Motors in Lansing and retired from their Democrat. Wow. Wow. uh, Back when they actually believed in the Constitution. Yes, yes. It's gone through a lot of changes. It's been hijacked quite a bit by this very, very liberal Communist Party. So, yeah. I was just going to say it's Communist Party now. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And so, so you decide you're, you're watching all this unfold and you decide, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to try to, try to protect voting, which absolutely is, you know, is something that you should be doing. Do, do you think sheriffs don't realize that they could have done that too? Because I, I was, you know, we should have seen sheriffs all over the country trying to protect voting when they were noticing all these things going on. Well, the problem we have is that there was no, in my whole career, there's never been any training on recognizing voter fraud or investigating it. Right. And I'm true. seeing that with people too, who are like the poll watchers, I don't know if anybody in the polls there had called 911 to report any of this fraud mm. or any of the stuff that's illegal. Like uh, Detroit, they showed a, um, somebody had a picture, and, and I've got to, I've got to say I haven't confirmed the picture yet, <clears throat> but there was a picture of a hot box for the Internet plugged mm-hmm. in and plugged into the, one of the, uh, the counters there, the tabulators. Right, right. And nobody called 911 on it. Wow. And that's a crime. Hmm. And so the jurisdiction of the sheriff is that you can do what you did, correct? I mean... I never I never confiscated anything, with, mm-hmm. but that kind of got blown out of proportion there. I got an attorney who's very aggressive, and that's at Carson Tucker. Mm. And he suggested I do that. And that was on a... He suggested that in an email to... Well, I can't remember who the uh, other attorney was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never did because our clerk's office they tape off the ends of the the, anything where you can uh put like a 
thumb drive or a card inside the uh, tabulator. So right. they, the clerk's office already had that stuff, and I had no place to put them because we're a small sheriff's office, and I don't have room for something like that right. and be able to secure them. Sure, sure. Well, I absolutely love that you did this, and I'm sure you, you got both things. You got a lot of citizens grateful that you took a stand, and I'm sure that you got a lot of uh, people that really wanted this voter fraud to go through, and even just for political reasons, you know what I mean? Like, well, our team won, so there. And I'm sure that that phone did not stop ringing for a very long time. And was that worth it? Was it worth going through this, and, and would you do it again? It was. We're still going through it. <laughs> That's right. You're right. No, you're it's, totally right. And, well, people want a, a, they want quick answers right now. Mm-hmm. And no, this is going to be a long investigation. And mm-hmm. we are also investigating other crimes that happen in the county on top of this. I mean, we have, most counties have problems with criminal sexual conduct that calls. Uh, we have a missing person we're looking sure. for. Uh, we've got a murder case that we're working on and, and something that might be an attempted murder case that we're working on. But all this stuff <clears throat> adds up on top of you trying to get this voter fraud investigation going. And Barry County has always been a very, very good conservative county, and the clerks take a lot of pride in how clean their elections are. Mm. So, uh, like when you hear the headlines that we interrogated. I know. I, I no, don't. It was, it was an interview. <laughs> My investigator called and made the appointments to meet with them. There wasn't like an ambush interview or anything like that. Sure. Um, and there, there was the, one report mm-hmm. that our county clerk was escorted out of the building. No, that never happened. So. <laughs> Don't you love how they just pad these stories with all these, you know, just exchanges and and the wording they use? I, I'm always amazed at, at how creative they get. They should be, you know, little fiction writers. But um, to try, try to get the facts straight, it's it's difficult in these articles by by the mainstream. Um, but I just, what would you tell sheriffs out there? Um, you know, you're, you're part of a wonderful organization with Sheriff Richard Mack, and that's how I met you. And I was so impressed with the caliber of sheriffs that I met, and what a great group that, that were there to say, you know what, we're going to stand for our citizens. That's our job, and you clearly know your job. And so what would you want um, other sheriffs to know? The Constitution. And, see, people say, it's not your job, Sheriff, to interpret the Constitution. Well, no, it's the supreme law of the land. It's my job to enforce it. Mm. And that's where we have to go out and start having sheriffs read it, understand it, study it, and then they've got a good handle on it. Uh, I got involved with Richard Mack, I think, since he started the CSPOA, which nice. is the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association. Mm-hmm. said that went for us. Wow. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I went, and they... The first conference I went to, they explained to us about Agenda 21. Uh, They explained to us some stuff going on with um, Sheriff Joe down in Arizona, Mm -hmm. the border. And uh, anyways, I come back, and my chin hasn't come off the ground since. And I'm scratching my head going, how how is the government getting away with this stuff? Right. I I already knew about Ruby Ridge and Waco. Mm -hmm. And I've always told my guys, if you can handle it with a phone call and use a tactical team, the team's done, and you're out of the job. Good for you. Wow. It, it, it just, it's that simple, really. Yeah, yeah we make things far too complicated, and uh, it seems like they almost want that outcome because that's what they're gearing up for. It's disturbing it's sometimes. the education piece that I got that gave me the confidence to mm. stand up. I love this. I love this. What would you tell people that cast a vote for a sheriff? What would you tell them to look for? How do they find somebody like you? Ask the tough questions. Ask them 
what is the proper role of government? Hmm. See what their answer is. And the correct answer is, just like it says in the Declaration, is to protect our rights. Yeah. Ask them if they've read the Constitution or studied it, if it even the Declaration of Independence, because that's kind of where this form of government started here. Mm-hmm. And uh, look at, start looking at stuff like they post now, see where they're at. I love it. I think it's, this is just so important, and I, I, I love that you saw something happening um, with the election and that you were willing to at least stand up and say something, put your name out there, do something, uh, because it means a lot to uh, the rest of, of the citizenry of the country to know that somebody would do that in that position. I mean, it's huge. And, and maybe next time, maybe you've given that confidence to maybe other sheriffs that just don't just are a little bashful. I don't know what their problem is, but maybe a little bashful in in wanting to take these stands. I mean, sheriff of the county is a big deal because it's really the only thing standing in the way um, of sometimes the feds and us and them getting away with things. And and so do do you, I'm sure you train all your your guys to know what you know to to, to do, do these things. Working on it, there's some reluctancy there because they all went through a police academy. Oh. And in the academy, they train more towards Supreme Court cases or maybe old Court of Appeals cases that haven't been challenged. I see. And uh, that's how they do it. And it, it's a lot of it is protecting the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the agency from liability. And uh, and don't get me wrong, those court cases are very, very interesting. But they still don't teach us the boundaries mm. like they should. Yeah. on government and you know i'm a sheriff i'm elected I'm, I'm the government i have boundaries and they also don't teach us what to recognize when the other two branches are out of line mm. that's interesting hmm you know yeah, we're the enforcement yeah, yeah absolutely uh, Sheriff Leaf, uh, you know, with everything going on this year, um, with uh, cops in the news and, and, and everything else, you know, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people have differing views, and I feel like you need our support, and I also feel like, um, you know, how do, how, what, what should we do as communities to support you and also for people to be able to understand what they can do, what they can't do, and, uh, you know, how, how, how does the citizenry support this? How can we get behind uh, well, good sheriffs, good cops? My, my son was in school, and uh, he had a very liberal teacher, and they mm-hmm. were... I think it was a government class, and they started talking about defunding the police. I was so proud of him because he piped up and he says, why would you defund something yeah. that's been underfunded for decades? Mm. And yeah. I just sat there, I'm smiling at my boy. <laughs> and uh, you wonder why there's uh, there's so many police shootings. Yeah. And I'm talking about police officers shooting um, criminals. Mm-hmm. And it's because we teach towards that. We teach officers how to survive, and we teach better when you can and cannot shoot. Mm. And uh, citizenry, like with the concealed pistol groups there, we're starting to teach them too now. And now you're starting to see that pop up every now and then where people are getting more confident on when they can take a human life when it's, when it's lawful. Right. Uh, am I going the right direction for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's okay. really what I wanted to know. Yeah. It's like, how can we support you? I mean, you know, there's just been so many different messages out there. So it's frustrating. Yeah. I know and we only have about 30 seconds. But go ahead. Yeah, you can support us by reading the Constitution yourself. And don't just, don't just read the Bill of Rights. Right. Go read what the limitations are on the president, the limitations are on Congress, 
uh, when Donald Trump was getting impeached the second time, there's a reason why that the chief justice wasn't there. Mm. It was that egregious. Yeah. And take action on it. Absolutely. I love I love hearing from you. I'm really hoping you can come back on the show um, in the future as well, because I, I think a lot of people have a lot to learn from you, and we can shore up our counties, and that's really what we need to be doing is looking at local, um, our local sheriffs and county commissioners and things like that. Uh, Sheriff Darleaf, uh, thank you. Proud to call you a friend. Thank you. Really appreciate yeah, you. Thank you. Um, love that, don't you? And uh, I'll be right back. Open phone lines, 888-673-1450. Uh, what an outstanding guy, and I'm so glad he took a stand. Took a stand. It's all, it's all, that, that's the difference, isn't it? Be right back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Talk lines are open. Balance of Nature would like to invite you to a very special event happening tonight at the Balance of Nature building, 1568 South River Road. It's the Balance of Nature annual Christmas tree festival. Each year, the employees of Balance of Nature put together over a dozen trees that are all types of different Christmas themes. Balance of Nature opens up their building at 1568 South River Road to the community tonight only from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Bring the entire family for a free bag of fresh, juicy oranges, Christmas treats, and come get in the Christmas spirit while touring the displays of the amazing Christmas trees. Balance of Nature just wants to say Merry Christmas to the entire community of Southern Utah. Come get your free bag of oranges, a Christmas treat, and tour the amazing Christmas trees on display tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Balance of Nature, 1568 South River Road. Thanks for listening to The Kate Daly Show. All opinions expressed by the program participants on The Kate Daly Show are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of St. George News Radio, KZNU, Canyon Media, or their respective parent companies or advertisers. If you'd like to comment directly, talk lines are open at 888-673-1450. That's 888-673-1450. Or you may email directly at kate at canyonmedia.net. I got a call from the big man last week. You know, Santa Claus. Davey says, that's me, Dave Mizrahi, owner of Best Mattress. Maybe I'm getting old, but I'm completely stumped for gift ideas this year. So I said, Santa, my man, give them the best sleep of their lives, a Tempur-Pedic mattress. They're amazing, and I'll make it easy, Santa. They'll even get up to a $300 instant gift, plus 72 months no interest financing and quick home delivery. Eh, he said thanks and hung up. Best mattress. Sleep easy, friends. See store for details. Seven months after the apocalypse. Mom, what's with the chemistry set? Well, I didn't get enough food storage, so I'm converting my fuel back into corn. And this green, gooey stuff you made tastes like corn? No, tastes just like gas. We got our food storage from Shane at Your Family Still Matters. And he set us up right. You want to come over for dinner? Oh, no. Too much yellow number five. Don't eat green gas-flavored gooey stuff. Go to Your Family Still Matters at 900 South Bluff in the Holiday Square under the big yellow sign that says paintball, food storage, and violins. Have you ever wondered what it's like to drive an electric vehicle? Are you considering purchasing one, or would you like to have an extended test drive a little closer to home? 
Well, now is your chance. With Dixie Power's EV Experience Program, Dixie Power members have the opportunity to take one of their two Hyundai Kona EVs out for a week test drive, free of charge and without mileage restrictions. Taking an EV for a test drive with a dealer doesn't really give you the full experience. How do you charge your car? What will your power bill look like? And is it suited for your family? These are all good questions. As more and more car manufacturers are turning to electric vehicles, it is easy to see that they are likely the car of the future. The EV experience provides members a chance to see how an EV works as their daily vehicle and help think about whether planning an electric vehicle purchase in the future makes sense. Sign up for your EV experience today at DixiePower.com. Energizing life and energizing transportation. Caring for an elder family member can be worrisome and overwhelming. You want your loved ones to receive personalized care. Ovation Sienna Hills is the answer. They don't sacrifice anything in their assisted living and memory care communities. Mom and dad can stay in assisted living, left incapable and caring hands. Call Ovation Sienna Hills to schedule your private tour today. 435-429-0000. Ovation Sienna Hills, enhancing the life of every person they serve. My wife is always on me about making sure I tell you folks about the other inventory besides silver and gold at the world-renowned and award-winning Gold Ore Store, especially right now at this special time of year. Yes, it's me again, Greg, the co-owner with Mel... That's a pronoun, she, short for melody, for anyone who wants to know. Anyway, we just want you to know that besides being the best precious metals gold and silver store, we have the best rock and crystal shop and the best place to buy a unique gift in all of southern Utah. As voted by you, the incredible residents of this amazing location called St. George, a.k.a. Dixie, P.S., Merry Christmas on 7 North Main Street in historic downtown St. George, Utah. We can guarantee you have never seen or experienced anything like the wonderful Gold Ore Store. 435-703-9119. That's 435-703-9119. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. you're listening in. I asked uh, Sheriff uh, Leaf to come back because we're going to be talking about militias and uh, nullification. I thought you might be pretty interested in those topics. And so, uh, luckily, uh, he's back with me and... um I wanted to make sure also that you went over to balance of nature. You know, a lot of people are wondering how to in- increase the immune system, and they watched our story, and they, they're to say, hey, maybe I should load up on some things. Did you know that balance of nature is an amazing way to load up on all those vitamins and minerals and so much more because the product is chock full of them. That's why the phytonutrients of 31 fruits and vegetables, um, let me just tell you, I would not be without it, and I think it's an amazing product. And I'm telling you, um, you know that I handpick my uh, sponsors for the show, and I am telling you that this product is that good. Make sure you go to uh, balanceofnature.com and put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E, and you'll get up to 35% off in free shipping. They'll ship it out immediately. You start taking it, and let me tell you, you're going to feel it. You're just going to feel it, and you'll notice the difference. About a week and a half in to two weeks, about a week and a half, you'll start noticing and you won't want to be without it. So I have relatives of mine that won't be without it now. (laughs) 
they just will not go without it. They love it that much. And make sure that you're getting it too because shore up on your fruits and veggies so that you never end up in the scenario that I ended up in with my husband too. And you know what? And I actually think that really helped him in the hospital too to make sure and get through this even quickly. Uh, it was his taking a balance of nature too. So he was he was already shoring up his body. It doesn't mean you won't ever get sick, but it does mean that uh, if that if that were to happen and you were starting to get sick, you would already have that that strong immune system to help you. So definitely think that played a role. Balanceofnature.com. Uh, Sheriff uh, uh, Darleaf, I love this. By the way, Scott McEwen up next, uh, American Sniper, talking about Afghanistan. Uh, so don't miss that either. But I really want you to comment on militias. And what is your view as a sheriff in, in the state of Michigan on militias? Oh. We used to be called Michiganders, and there was a while there they're calling us Militia Ganders. Militia Ganders, and, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And people got to understand the militia itself, the role, and it's kind of similar with the posse. And posse is the power of the county. It's a posse, posse comitatus, and it's like a militia, but it's run through the sheriff. Mm-hmm. The militias are a power of the state, the state militia, and that your governor would be your your boss uh, if she called you up to mustard, mm-hmm. and uh, the president can also do it. Uh, and there's four clauses in the Constitution that recognize the militia. It's not something that the, the Constitution created or government created. The militia has centuries of history prior to our Constitution. And uh, if you look back, and it's very, very important to understand the proper role and the history of it. Okay. And there's a book out there. It's called The Militia of the Several States, and it's written by Brent Allen Winters, who is a common law attorney. And uh, anyways... Brent will take you all the way back to old ancient Israel with the 12 tribes of Israel, and they talk about how uh, they'll take anybody age 20 on up to defend their kingdom. Nice. Well, the King Alfred, uh, that goes way back to King Alfred, mm-hmm. he would uh, command his farmers when they're out tending the crops that they had to carry a sword with them all the time, and they had to be an expert in that sword, and uh, for obvious reasons, so sure. your enemy doesn't come in and destroy your food supply. And then it went from the sword, and then went to bows and arrows. And the king then told everybody that, hey, you have to carry 40 arrows on you at any given time, and you have to be an expert with those bows and arrows. What, what you don't realize is that there's also another role of the militia other than the armed citizen protecting the kingdom. The militia's role is also protecting law. Hmm. So if you ever sat on a jury, you were doing militia-like duties from ancient Israel. Nice. I love that yeah. connection, so, yeah. That's grand jury and pettit juries. And, uh, in fact, Justice Scalia laid out how to do the common law grand jury in the Williams case back in 94. And uh, there's a lot of people out there trying to push that. Mm. And, of course, the courts are trying to fight it. Sure, <laughs> sure, of course they are. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. So it, you, have to under, yeah. you have to understand that, that legacy behind the militia and understand that it, it's not an ideology, it's a duty. You have jury duty. Well, that's a militia duty. Hmm. So you're supposed to keep yourself armed. You're supposed to keep yourself trained. And that Second Amendment, when it says a well-regulated militia, the regulated didn't mean that the government got to go over and tell you how many guns you could have and who could have them and so on and so forth. It meant that you had to be keep yourself regular, hmm. regularly trained, a regular expert, and regularly ready to go at a minute's notice. That's the term Minuteman. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, when you hear militia nowadays, of course, the press, the government try to demonize. What are your thoughts when you hear all this demonization going on? 
<laughs> they don't they don't understand it and plus I I look at it as they're trying to do this new world order and they cannot have a militia in there because the government's going to take care of you. And yeah. you know, just ask the American Indian how well they do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh I get a lot of flack because I did a Facebook post and it's Sheriff Darleaf if you want to look it up. And I talk about this case. It's called Baltimore versus Silver, and it's back in settled in 1971, mm-hmm. and it had to do with the riots in the uh, late 60s there in Baltimore. Well, what happened is, is the business owners sued the city of Baltimore for the damages and the loss of wage because the, they didn't think Baltimore did enough to suppress the rioting. Mm-hmm. And the city of Baltimore is going, well, it was a riot. You know, we couldn't control that. Well. Supreme Court, Baltimore, or excuse me, Maryland Supreme Court said that you had the power of the posse and you didn't use it, so you are responsible for the damages. Jeez. You know, so it's there, folks. It's, there's already court cases um, that are basically setting precedents. Mm-hmm. And we had these riots of Minnesota. You know, look at happened in Seattle where the mayor told the police officers to stand down. Yeah. Now, that's a crime, folks. He doesn't have the authority to do that. The officers mm. have to do their job. And the posse is not to be confused with the militia, right? That is correct. Yeah, just the difference where the power comes from. Uh, a posse, the sheriff has the authority to call upon a posse. Make It's what's called make hue and cry to go ferret out criminal activity in his county. Okay. And, and you see that in a lot of the old westerns where mm-hmm. the sheriff rounded up a posse to go get the guy who robbed the stagecoach. And and then uh, there's some older pictures, uh, too, that I, I had in my computer here. I can't find them now, where they're actually posing with a dead body behind them. <laughs> like the deer carcass. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that power's been there basically since we've had sheriffs. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff is the probably the second oldest office next to the king. And... Uh, in fact, the sheriff, you go look at the uh, Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, it talks about how the, the, the sheriff was ordered to go take the people and throw them in the furnace. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there's bad things to it, too. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I love that you're educating people in this because the news media, as you point out, um, they're going to they're gonna claim constitutional sheriffs are seeking alliances with anti-government extremists, and that's the attempt to undermine your role as a sheriff, yes? Are you reading right from my poster? Yep, I am. <laughs> I mean, it's really important that people know this. Yes, they're trying to undermine the office of the sheriff. Yeah. Uh, there's that push for the big government, the big centralized government. And me, I'm a local guy because I understand what my community needs. I don't need Washington telling me what my community needs. I love that. I love that. Uh, the, uh, if, you, if you look into it, too, uh, one of the things that stirred up quite a commotion is when I said that the the posse and the militia have just as much lawful character as the news media. Well, the militia and the news media are both mentioned and recognized in the Constitution. They're not created. They're recognized. Right. right. The posse come along, come across the ocean with the office of the sheriff. Hmm. And uh, then That's I went and added on that they had more lawful character than the agencies that just recently arrested the militia in our area here. <laughs> and that's because they were created by an act. They're not at a common law. They were created by an act of Congress. And uh, then there's questions about the delegated powers and all that stuff from the states. But anyhow, uh, in a nutshell, that caused quite a ruckus. I even had a uh, professor from Cooley Law School kind of comment on it. Didn't disagree with my comments, but he said it wasn't wise. (laughs) 
it wasn't wise. Perry oh, County, we've had a posse since 1955. Wow. How big? Well, right now they're about 25. Yeah. I think that's great, though. And it yeah. should be. Oh, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. I think that's just awesome. Able-bodied men, uh, age 15 or older, right? That is correct. Hmm. Interesting. I love this. Um, and I love that you're aware of this. <laughs> I think that's amazing because <laughs> I do, you know, there are sheriffs out there that will demonize these words and they've been taught to and so they don't understand them and that would be a bit really unfortunate. So I can't even imagine. Um, and then nullification. Did you want to speak to nullification? Well, there's an article out on it. It's called The Power of Null. And uh, let me see if I can... Mm-hmm. Name of the author here, pretty quick, and by Michael Mahari M A. Oh yeah, I've had him on the show. R E Y. I've had him on. He's great. Oh yeah. 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 He he's got this an awesome mm-hmm. article on nullification and uh, interposition and how it's lawful. How I people think, think that powerful. the uh, Supreme Court is the final say. Well, who made them the final say? Nor in a constitution does it make the Supreme Court the final say. It's true. So who's the final say? That would be the people where everybody derives their power from. And this article here talks about, like, the Alien and Seditions Act mm-hmm. and how Thomas Jefferson and uh, um, I forgot who it was in Kentucky, they uh, got their own Congress to basically do a, uh, like a lot of people are doing this two-way county where they're basically telling the federal and state government that we're a two-way county, which means we accept the fact that there's a Second Amendment and we're not disarming our people here in this county. Well, that's kind of the same thing that what they did with this Alien and Seditions Act. Uh, It was uh, deemed unconstitutional by the uh, Supreme Court, but it took some pressure from some of the states to go out and say, hey, uh, federal government, we should be able to blast you guys when you're being naughty. And uh, or if we don't agree with you on something, and here they were, they were actually going out and arresting people wow. for disagreeing with the federal government or going against what the federal government was uh, trying to pass. Hmm. And then that brings to the question, because the Tenth Amendment says power is not delegated to the United States. Mm-hmm. Were there police powers for them to make those arrests delegated to the United States? Hmm. Interesting. I'm asking yeah. any attorney out there, if you could, just let me know, because I'm real curious on that. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. make you anti-government or anything like that, because I want to know um, so I can... So you're pro-good government. Opinion. You're pro-good, limited government, which is what we all should yeah. be at our core. We're Americans, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And we don't realize the power of nullification. I don't think we understand it. I think everybody loathes uh, getting asked to be part of the system uh, in that way. And, and so they don't want to do it. And really, they should, be, they should be excited to do that, right? That duty. Yeah, it is a duty. Mm-hmm. And again, you're protecting people's rights. Sheriff Mack, when he was taking on the uh, um, Clinton cartels there, <laughs> Clinton mm-hmm. administration, and... Uh, he was talking about the Brady Bill in his book. It's called From My Cold Dead Fingers. And on page 102, if you ever get the book, page 102, don't read this before you go to bed at night because you won't sleep. He uh, explains how in that provision, in that uh, act, there was a provision in there where they were going to recruit 5,000 Royal Hong Kong police, give them federal authority, and enforce that Brady Bill. 
Hmm. Now, if there's ever a time for nullification and interposition, there you go, folks. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's laid out. It's right there. We just need to understand it, and we need to understand its power today. That's our problem is people think about these things in the way back machine and don't apply them to today. They think something has changed or something's different. That's not true. You are correct. I, it's uh, it's a little crazy. We I don't everybody listening. Don't you just want your sheriff to be able to talk like Sheriff Darleaf? <laughs> I mean, everyone's like coveting right now. Um, you know, you folks over there in Michigan, because let me just tell you, it's rare, and it's sad that that's rare because every sheriff should have the same understanding that you do. And wow, what a country we would have right now with with that in place to know that that's going to protect us. And so it's that that when you're casting that vote, that's a really important vote. I mean, it cannot be just you like their sign or they seem like a nice guy. I mean, this position is the position that everyone needs to 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 make sure that they're doing the right the right casting of a vote. Right. Uh, Be careful, too, because there's going to be a push here shortly to get rid of this office. Yeah. California is trying to pass a law right now where the sheriff has to be appointed by the governor. Okay. Oh, hello, folks. Wake up. Yeah, right? Who, who thinks that's a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Sheriff Darleaf, thank you so much for staying on. That was powerful. I'll turn that into a short cast so people can uh, really absorb what you said. And I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Wow. Wasn't that fantastic? Uh, Sheriff Darleaf of Michigan. And uh, thank you. I'll be right back with author Scott McEwen. Don't miss this either. We're talking in Afghanistan. Be right back. KateDallyRadio.com for all the podcasts and show info. Be right back. and learn everything you need to know to lose 20 pounds or more in the next 40 days. Skinny Utah uses technology to know why your body is holding on to weight, so each plan... Disasters can take many forms. Prolonged power outage... Drowning in information. Starving for wisdom. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
Friday. Boy, this show is going quick. A uh, big thank you to Alex Newman for coming on and uh, sharing his thoughts. Uh, always great to have him, isn't it? And, of course, I welcome you to this hour because this hour should be an hour that you share. I hope you do because I'm going to share with you some of my most favorite uh, Christmas uh, stories and also really universal messages honestly, at any time of the year. And I hope you enjoy these because they have become fan favorites, my favorites, my personal favorites. They still get me every time I listen to them and uh, choke me up a bit. And I hope to share that with you. In fact, this first one I've played every year since about, I think, 2015. And it's been my most requested uh, a story for this time of year. And so I'm doing it a little early, a week early this year, so that you can have the opportunity to share this or use this and play this on a road trip with your family. I hope you love this as much as I do because it's one of my most favorite. And this is courtesy of NPR, of course. Got to give them a hat tip because this actually debuted in 1951. But they played this um, back in the 90s. They kept playing it. And back in the 70s, they played it as well. And this story um, in uh, 1974, this gifted storyteller and former radio broadcaster John Henry Falk recorded, I'm sorry, recorded this story, didn't debut in 1951, but recorded this in 1974. His show debuted in 1951. Um, but he actually recorded this in 74, and then NPR picked it up in the 90s, and it became very, very requested every year. And it really blows a hole through the whole scammy narrative of everyone hates everybody in America because of their race kind of story. And so I will leave this to the storytelling of John Henry Falk and his masterful storytelling of this story. I hope you enjoy this. John Henry Falk's Christmas story. The day after Christmas a number of years ago, I was driving down a country road in Texas and it's a bitter cold, cold morning. And walking ahead of me on the gravel road was a little barefooted boy with nondescript ragged overalls and a makeshift sleeve of a sweater tied around his little ears. I stopped and picked him up. Looked like he was about 12 years old and his little feet were blue with the cold. He's carrying an orange. And he got in and had the brightest blue eyes one ever saw and he turned a bright smile on my face and says, I'm going down the road about two miles from my cousin's. I want to show him my orange old Sandy Claus brought me. Well, I wasn't going to mention Christmas to him because I figured he came from a family that kind of don't have Christmas. But he brought it up himself. He said, did old Sandy Claus come to see you, mister? And I said, yes, we had a real nice Christmas at our house, and I hope you had the same. He paused for a moment, looked at me, and then with all the sincerity in the world said, Mister, we had the wonderfulest Christmas in the United States down to our place. Lordy, it was the first one we ever had had there. See, we never do have them out there much. Don't notice when Christmas time comes. We'd heard about it, but never did have one because... Uh, well, you know, it's just, Papa says that old Sandy Claus, Papa hoorahs a lot, said old Sandy Claus was scared to bring his reindeer down into our section of the county because folks down there so hard up that they lie to catch one of his reindeer and butcher him for meat. But just 
just several days before Christmas, a lady come out from town and she told all the families through there, our family too, that there was old Sandy Claus was coming town to leave some things for us. And if Papa would go in town, he could get some Christmas time for all of us. And Papa hooked up the mule wagon. He went in town, but he told us children, said, now don't y'all get all worked up and excited because there might not be nothing to this yarn that lady told. And But shucks, she hadn't got out of sight up the lane there. We was done watching for him to come back. We couldn't get our minds on nothing else, you know. And Mama, she'd come to her once in a while and say, Now, y'all quit that looking up the lane, because Papa told you there might not be nothing. And, but long about the middle of the afternoon, well, we heard the team of jangling the harness coming, and we ran out in the front yard, and Ernie, my little brother, called out and said, Yonder come Papa, and here come them mules just in a big trot, you know, and Papa standing up right in the bed of that wagon holding two big old chickens, all feathers picked off. And... He was just yelling, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And the team stopped right in front of the gate, and all us children just went swarming out there like a, like a flock of chee-chees, you know, and just crawling over that wagon and looking in. And, mister, I wish you could have seen what was in that wagon. It's bags of stripy candy and apples and oranges and sacks of flour and some real coffee, you know, and just just all tensely and pretty and we couldn't say nothing just kind of held her breath and looked at it you know and papa standing there just waving them two chickens and yelling merry christmas to you merry christmas to you and a laughing that big old grin on his face and mama she come a hurrying out with the baby in her arms you know and when she looked in that wagon she just stopped and papa he dropped them two chickens and wrenched and caught the baby out of her arms you know and held him up and said, Merry Christmas to you, Sandy Claus. And, and, and baby little old Alvy Lee, he just, he just laughed like he knowed it was Christmas too, you know. And Mama, she started telling us the name of all it. Them nuts, they wasn't just peanuts. They was, she had names for all of them. She, Mama knows a heap of things like that. She'd seen that stuff before, you know. And we was all of us just a chattering and a going on at the same time us young'uns are looking in there. And all of a sudden, we heard Papa call out, Merry Christmas to you, Sam Jackson. And we stopped and looked, and here comes Sam Jackson leading that old crippled-legged mule of his up the lane. And Papa said, Sam Jackson, did you get in town and get some Christmas this year? Sam Jackson, you know, he sharecrops over there across the creek from our place. And he shook his head and said, well... No, sir, Mr. Will, I didn't go in town. I heard about that, but I didn't know it was for colored folks, too. I thought it was just for you white families. All of a sudden, none of us children were saying nothing. Papa, he, he looked down at Mama, and Mama looked up at him, and they didn't say nothing like they don't a heap of time, but they know what the others are thinking. They're like that, you know. And all of a sudden, Papa, he broke out in a big grin again. He said, Dad, blame it, Sam Jackson. It's sure a good thing you come by here. Lord have mercy. I like to forgot. 
old Santa Claus would have me in court if he'd heard about this. The last thing he asked me if I lived out here near you. Said he hadn't seen you around and said he wanted me to bring part of this out here to you and your family, your woman and your children. Well, sir, Sam Jackson, he broke out in a big grin. and Papa said, I'll tell you what to do. You get your wife and children and you come down here tomorrow morning. It's going to be Christmas time all day long. Come early and stay late. And Sam Jackson said, you reckon? And Mama called out to him and said, yes, and you tell your wife to be sure and bring some pots and pans because we're going to have a heap of cooking to do, and I ain't sure I've got enough to take care of all of it. Well, sir, old Sam Jackson, he started off uh, leading that mule up lane in a full trot, you know, and he was heading home to get the word to his folks and his children, you know. And next morning, it just, you remember how it was yesterday morning? Just rosy red and looked like Christmas time. It's cold, but you didn't notice the cold, you know, when the sun just come up, just all rosy red. And us young'uns were all out of bed before daylight, seemed like, just running in the kitchen and smelling and looking. And it was all there, sure enough. And here comes Sam Jackson and his his team and his wife and his five young'uns in there. And it's all looking over the edge, and we run out and yell, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. And Papa said, Christmas gift to you, Sam Jackson. Y'all come on in. And they come in, and Mama and Sister Jackson, they got in the kitchen, and they started uh, cooking things up. And us youngins started playing Christmas time. And it's a lot of fun, you know. We just play Christmas gift with one another and run around and around the house and just roll in the dirt, you know. And then we started playing, go up to the kitchen door and smell. And we'd run up and smell inside that kitchen door where Mom and Sister Jackson was cooking at. And then we'd just die laughing and roll in the dirt, you know, and, and go chasing around and playing Christmas gift. And we played Christmas time till we just wore ourselves out. And Papa and Sam Jackson, they'd put a table up and put some sheets over it, some boards up over some sawhorses. And everybody had a place, even the baby. And Mom and Sister Jackson said, well, now it's ready to Come on in, we're going to have Christmas dinner. And I sit right next to Willie Jackson, you know, and he'd just roll his eyes at me, and I'd roll my eyes. We'd just die laughing, you know, and there was an apple and an orange and some stripy candy at everybody's place, and that was just dessert. See, that wasn't a real Christmas dinner. Mom and them had done cooked that up, and they just had it spread up and down the table. And so Papa and Sam Jackson, they'd been sitting on the front porch, and they come in. Papa, he sit at one end of the table, and Sam Jackson sit at the other, and it was just a beautiful table like you never had seen. And I didn't know nothing could ever look like that and smell that good, you know. And Sam Jackson, you know, he's real black, and he had on that white clean shirt of his and then them overhauls. Everything had been washed and was real clean. Papa, he said, Brother Jackson, I believe you're a deacon in the church. I ain't much of a church man myself, but I believe you're a deacon. Maybe you... You'd be willing to give grace. Well, Sam Jackson, he stood up there, and his hands was real big, and he kind of held on to the side of the table, you know. But he didn't bow his head like a heap of folks do when they're saying blessing. He just looked up and smiled, and he said, Lord, I hope you having as nice a Christmas up there with your angels as we have it down here. Because it's glorious Christmas time down here. And I just wanted to say, Merry Christmas to you, Lord. Like I say, mister, I believe that was wonderful Christmas and new night. 
Balance of Nature would like to invite you to a very special event happening tonight at the Balance of Nature Building, 1568 South River Road. It's the Balance of Nature Annual Christmas Tree Festival. Each year, the employees of Balance of Nature put together over a dozen trees that are all types of different Christmas themes. Balance of Nature opens up their building at 1568 South River Road to the community tonight only from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Bring the entire family for a free bag of fresh, juicy oranges, Christmas treats, and come get in the Christmas spirit while touring the displays of the amazing Christmas trees. Balance of Nature just wants to say Merry Christmas to the entire community of Southern Utah. Come get your free bag of oranges, a Christmas treat, and tour the amazing Christmas trees on display tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Balance of Nature, 1568 South River Road. It's getting cold outside. Heating systems can struggle to heat all areas of your house, like your bonus rooms, garage, enclosed patios, master bedrooms, casitas, and more. Air care professionals can help those troubled areas with their Mitsubishi electric cooling and heating ductless system, offering individual comfort control to a more personal defined space. Purchase a system from air care professionals this month and get up to $300 off and 0% equipment financing options OAC. Call 628-2423 or online at aircareprofessionals.com. Best of Southern Utah, four years in a row. Are you tired of bad blinds? Pull over, stop what you're doing, and give Budget Blinds a call. Hi, this is Amy. Budget Blinds make blinds easy and affordable. Whether you want automated shades that close with the touch of a button or app, or manual blinds for one or 20 rooms, I promise they can work with any budget. There's a reason more people in Southern Utah choose Budget Blinds. So say goodbye to those bad blinds and hello to Budget Blinds with your free smart home consultation. Call or go to BudgetBlinds.com. That's BudgetBlinds.com. Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times, and by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. We have got to get out and have some fun again. I'm so ready. You know, Casablanca was named gold winner in the RJ's 2020 Best of Las Vegas for Destination Casino Resorts. Casablanca in Mesquite? Golf, spa, Catherine's Steakhouse. I can hit the links. While I hit the spa. Casablanca, here here we come. come. Book your $99 room and golf or spa getaway today at mesquitegaming.com or call 877-GETAWAY. Casablanca Resort Casino in Mesquite, just like Vegas used to be. Must be 21 years or older. Wow. So this is the dream house you've been telling me about with the two master bathrooms. <laughs> Where'd you find out about it? LivingStGeorge.com, the one I've been telling you about all week. <laughs> they have every local house for sale, backed up by pros that live and work right here in our neighborhoods. <laughs> so I saw this home. I fell in love. Should I be jealous? LivingStGeorge.com referred me to an agent that made sure we paid a fair price and smoothed out the buying process. So we get the home of our dreams. Aw, a home you want at the price we're willing to pay. <laughs> I guess it is time for me to check out livingstgeorge.com. You were right. I'm sorry, what was that? You were right.
What if I told you the next 53 seconds could change your life? I know it sounds dramatic, but it's true. And while this ad might not be for everyone, if what I'm about to describe sounds familiar, you need to call us today. Let me get to the point. You've heard all the medical terms or nicknames, but ED is real. In fact, most of the people we work with deal with depression, unsatisfied relationships, an unhappy spouse, and even confidence issues. People think it's just about the bedroom. But if you're struggling with ED, you know it's far more. At Prolong Medical Center, our treatment plans have an 85% success rate. Yes, 85%. If privacy is keeping you from picking up the phone, we get it. This is why we have a discreet entrance and spread appointments out. Worried about price? Don't stress. Treatment is affordable and transparent. Your case is not hopeless. This can change your life. Prolong Medical Center in St. George. Online at ProlongMedicalCenter.com. This is the Kate Daly Show. to keep reminding yourself what the season is really about when you start looking at the movies and the music and everything else. Uh, it really goes back to the heart of why and what we're celebrating. And, uh, and that's a joyous occasion. That's a joyous occasion. And so hopefully the, the focus is on the Savior and His birth rather than anything else. I hope you enjoyed the story, uh, masterful storyteller, John Henry Falk. Uh, his Christmas story, uh, one of my favorites, always gets me choked up. And so does this one. This one is Paul Harvey, The Man and the Birds. One of the best, most classic stories about, honestly, about Christ that I think is out there. One of the best uh, told stories. Here we go. Paul Harvey, The Man and the Birds. And I will be putting these on um, SoundCloud for you as an individual story as well. That way you can just play just the story. Here we go. The man I'm talking about was not a Scrooge now. He was a kind, a decent, a mostly good man, generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men. But he just did not believe in all of that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just did not make sense. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He could not swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm just not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed, and they went to the midnight service. Now, shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. Then he went back to his fireside chair, began to read his newspaper. 
Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, and then another, then yet another. At first, he thought somebody must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled out there, miserably, in the snow. They had been caught in the storm. In a desperate search for shelter, they had tried to fly through his large landscape window. That was what had been making the sound. Well, he couldn't let those poor creatures just lie there and freeze. So... He remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into that shelter. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes, and he tramped through the deepening snow to the barn, and he opened the doors wide. And inside the barn, he turned on a light so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come in. So, he figured that food would entice them. He went back into the house and fetched some breadcrumbs and sprinkled those on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. The birds just continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He could not. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction. Every direction except into the warm, lighted barn. And that's when he realized that they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. To him, he reasoned, I'm a strange, terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. And he thought to himself, if only I could be a bird now, if I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe warm barn but I would have to be one of them wouldn't I so they could see and hear and understand at that moment the church bells began to ring the sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind and he stood there listening to the bells Adeste Fidelis listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas and he sank to his knees in the snow Paul Harvey, I hope for you and those you love, this will be a wonderfully Merry Christmas. Wow. Paul Harvey, the man and the birds. I'll go ahead and put that on SoundCloud for you. You know, uh, what a powerful, 
story that is to get the message across. You know, I was watching a movie not too long ago where one of the lines in the movie was about Christmas was, why do you think they call the three wise men the wise men? Why do they do that? Why are they referred to as the wise men? And it was because they listened. They didn't ignore. They had every opportunity to use their free will and make a choice. But they chose to follow the star. And they chose to believe. And they chose to follow that prompting and that feeling and the angel. And they chose to take the journey to visit Christ. They could have chosen something else. But it made them extremely wise. There you go. We all have those choices to make every day too. And that's where I think we follow that God-given, remarkable feeling daily or weekly or however often you receive those feelings to act on them and to do what you know is right and to not ever betray that. Because those men could have not been very wise. And um, we have that uh, free agency too. And so we always follow our, our God-given feelings. It's the only way I think he can reach us. I also wanted to play for you Paul Harvey's Meaning of Christmas. Because I think this is such a beautiful uh, statement. Here we go. You know, the real miracle of Christmas is that any religious significance remains. Despite the gaudy tinsel wrapping, the meaning of the Christ Mass remains somehow intact. Though our eager eyes now search the skies for man-made stars, we yet remember best the one which once upon a time stood still over a stable. This is the miracle of Christmas. Not that so many profane the day with self-indulgence, but that so many still trudge through the snow to an early service or a midnight mass. If after generations of effort we still tend to disparage the day, what do you suppose would happen if we instead renewed it? There are no more lengths to which we can go to dilute its significance. Perhaps we should revert to reverence. For if this magic day, despite the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, has somehow survived and thrived, my goodness, with proper care and tending, the love it represents might heal all of our hurts. The faith we could not starve to death, properly fed just once each year, might overwhelm the world. Anyway, we've tried everything else. The revitalization of Christmas will be as tedious as its erosion was gradual, but there's no better time than right now, because it's later than it's ever been. Where do we begin? With prayerful thankfulness, I think. Merry Christmas, we traditionally say to one another. Merry Christmas. Yet that's not the larger meaning of the day. It's his birthday, not ours. Wow, love that. That gets right to the heart of it, doesn't it? Um, you know, I heard a message recently um, that was all about focus on his birth. Instead of depression creeping in or all of those things, they become pretty self-indulgent, do they? don't they? that we should be always focusing on really the miracle of that day. That's really what we're celebrating, is the miracle of that day. And I really do hope that after being on the radio for a decade, that the message would be pretty clear 
um, to the listening audience, to all of you, that that uh, the best news I could ever deliver would be about Christ. No, this isn't a religious show. But isn't it interesting that everything goes back to him and the miracle of him? And I, I truly hope I convey that all the time, too. Because I'm very hopeful. I know how the story ends. <laughs> and I'm very hopeful. And that's probably what helps me keep my sanity, to tell you the truth, in these times is my knowledge and my faith in him. And that's why I think I enjoy these stories so much. Because really they're glorifying him. Which I'd probably do every day if I could. Shows like these aren't necessarily the kind of platform for that. But I truly hope that you realize that for me, the message of him is the most crucial one. It's the only thing. It really is. It's the only thing that's important. And our families and our free agency, all of these things are vital, I feel. And the reason I love these messages, too, is because when I talked about the wise men, right now the world wants to tell us something that's very confusing. And you'll feel confused and you'll feel depressed about what the world is telling you. But if we can all listen to that inner feeling and inner voice and and really rely on God and really rely on, on Christ, then we have an opportunity to understand what truth is how to interpret it, how to see it, and the difference, right? The difference between truth and lies. And for 10 years now on this show, I've had to rely on him to tell me what's truthful. How do you think I'm able to do this show? I have to get on my knees and I have to realize every day hinges on understanding the difference between truth and lies. And it all goes back to him. So do I celebrate his birth? Oh, you bet I do. You bet I do. It's the most important thing. And his atonement, which I have a personal testimony of, that is extremely strong. I hope you do too. I'll come right back. I want to share a few more things with you in this hour. I hope you share this hour for a road trip or... Um, just listening, just listening to get you through this holiday season. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Thanks for listening to the Kate Daly Show. All opinions expressed by the program participants on the Kate Daly Show are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of St. George News Radio, KZNU, Canyon Media, or their respective parent companies or advertisers. If you'd like to comment directly, talk lines are open at 888-673-1450. That's 888-673-1450. Or you may email directly at kate at canyonmedia.net. This is Dr. Josh Schleser from the Zion Eye Institute. Having good vision can often be overlooked when your child is struggling in school, but not being able to clearly focus on the board or school assignments is a problem that can be fixed. Now that school has started, it's a good idea to have your child's eyes checked to give them every chance to succeed. At Zion Eye Institute, we can help. 
We've been caring for the eyes of Southern Utah for over 40 years. Trust our family to care for the eye care needs of your family. Call Zion Eye Institute today, 435-292-5456. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hello, Gary Gentry here from Gentry Music and Arts. This holiday season is a great time to add the joy of music and art in your life. Here at Gentry Music and Arts, we have special holiday pricing on our pianos, grand pianos, keyboards, and now player pianos, both in grands, uprights, and baby grands. Add the beautiful gift of music to your home. We serve all of Southern Utah, from Beaver to Mesquite and Kanab. Need a piano moved or a piano tuned? We do that, too. We also have Southern Utah's largest selection of art supplies, including an art gallery by Carmen Gentry. We have so much to offer you. Sheet music, band and orchestra supplies, Christmas books, everything you can imagine relating to music and art. Don't miss our holiday specials here at Gentry Music and Arts located in Kmart Shopping Plaza in St. George, 435-703-5690. Visit Gentry Music and Arts in the Kmart Shopping Center, 771. South Bluff. Hi, this is Ryan from Inside Out Hyperbarics. I'm on the radio today to promote our Hyperbaric Health Holiday Sale. You can get five hyperbaric sessions for just $200, or five hyperbaric sessions plus two full-spectrum infrared saunas with halo salt therapy for the insanely low price of $250. This year, give the gift of better health to those who mean the most to you. Don't wait. Act now. Find us on the web at InsideOutHyperbarics.com. Inside Out Hyperbarics, bringing out the best in you. It's getting cold outside. Heating systems can struggle to heat all areas of your house, like your bonus rooms, garage, enclosed patios, master bedrooms, casitas, and more. Air care professionals can help those troubled areas with their Mitsubishi electric cooling and heating ductless system, offering individual comfort control to a more personal defined space. Purchase a system from air care professionals this month and get up to $300 off and 0% equipment financing options OAC. Call 628-2423 or online at aircarepros.com. Best of Southern Utah, four years in Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. What if I told you the next 53 seconds could change your life? I know it sounds dramatic, but it's true. And while this ad might not be for everyone, if what I'm about to describe sounds familiar, you need to call us today. Let me get to the point. You've heard all the medical terms or nicknames, but ED is real. In fact, most of the people we work with deal with depression, unsatisfied relationships, an unhappy spouse, and even confidence issues. People think it's just about the bedroom. But if you're struggling with ED, you know it's far more. At Prolong Medical Center, our treatment plans have an 85% success rate. Yes, 85%. If privacy is keeping you from picking up the phone, we get it. This is why we have a discreet entrance and spread appointments out. 
Worried about price? Don't stress. Treatment is affordable and transparent. Your case is not hopeless. This can change your life. Prolong Medical Center in St. George. Online at ProlongMedicalCenter.com. 1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy. And I just want to sing this song to you. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. With every breath, I'm singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Special hour for you on a Friday, a week before Christmas. And I hope that you share this hour with family and friends. Um, In fact, uh, I want to bring you this story from uh, 1949. I thought it was a really, really sweet story. And uh, I wanted to share this with you. This is Paul Oster. You'll enjoy this. Uh, 1949 is the year uh, that he's talking about. Here you go. A light drizzle was falling as my sister Jill and I ran out of the Methodist church, eager to get home and play with the presents that Santa had left for us and our baby sister, Sharon. Across the street from the church was a Pan-American gas station where the Greyhound bus stopped. It was closed for Christmas, but I noticed a family standing outside the locked door, huddled under the narrow overhang in an attempt to keep dry. I wondered briefly why they were there, but then forgot about them as I raced to keep up with Jill. Once we got home, there was barely time to enjoy our presents. We had to go off to our grandparents' house for our annual Christmas dinner. As we drove down the highway through town, I noticed that the family was still there, standing outside the closed gas station. My father was driving very slowly down the highway. The closer we got to the turnoff from my grandparents' house, the slower the car went. Suddenly, my father U-turned in the middle of the road and said, I can't stand it. What? asked my mother. It's those people back there at the Pan Am standing in the rain. They've got children. It's Christmas. I can't stand it. When my father pulled into the service station, I saw that there were five of them, the parents and three children, two girls and a small boy. My father rolled down his window. Merry Christmas, he said. Howdy, the man replied. He was very tall and had to stoop slightly to peer into the car. Jill, Sharon, and I stared at the children, and they stared back at us. You waiting on the bus, my father asked. The man said that they were. They were going to Birmingham, where he had a brother and prospects of a job. Well, that bus isn't going to come along for several hours, and you're getting wet standing there. Windborne's just a couple miles up the road. They've got a shed with a cover there and some benches, my father said. Why don't you all get in the car, and I'll run you up there. The man thought for a moment, and then he beckoned to his family. They climbed into the car. They had no luggage, only the clothes they were wearing. Once they were settled in, my father looked back over his shoulder and asked the children if Santa had found them yet. Three glum faces mutely gave him the answer. 
Well, I didn't think so, my father said, winking at my mother, because when I saw Santa this morning, he told me he was having trouble finding y'all. And he asked me if he could leave your toys at my house. We'll just go get them before I take you to the bus stop. All at once, the three children's faces lit up, and they began to bounce around in the back seat, laughing and chattering. When we got out of the car at our house, the three children ran through the front door and straight to the toys that were spread out under our Christmas tree. One of the girls spied Jill's doll and immediately hugged it to her breast. I remember that the little boy grabbed Sharon's ball, and the other girl picked up something of mine. All this happened a long time ago, but the memory of it remains clear. This was the Christmas when my sisters and I learned the joy of making others happy. My mother noticed that the middle child was wearing a short-sleeved dress, so she gave the girl Jill's only sweater to wear. My father invited them to join us at our grandparents' for Christmas dinner, but the parents refused. Even when we all tried to talk them into coming, they were firm in their decision. Back in the car on the way to Winborn, my father asked the man if he had money for bus fare. His brother had sent tickets, the man said. My father reached into his pocket and pulled out two dollars, which was all he had left until his next payday. He pressed the money into the man's hand. The man tried to give it back, but my father insisted. It'll be late when you get to Birmingham, and these children will be hungry before then. Take it. I've been broke before, and I know what it's like when you can't feed your family. We left them there at the bus stop in Winborn. As we drove away, I watched out the window as long as I could, looking back at the little girl hugging her new doll. Paul Oster, great, right? Courtesy of NPR. What a great story. You know, I'm, I think all of you probably have a story like that in your background. At least I hope you do. And if you don't, I would suggest making every Christmas, I know we've always done this as a family, about somebody else so that your kids have the opportunity to serve. In our lean years, most of them are lean. <laughs> in our lean years, it's been a little, and in years of a little bit more plenty, we gave more, helped more families. But I sure hope that at the very least, we can all help at least one other family or one other person out there. Don't ever let a holiday go by where we're not helping somebody else or showing our kids that it's really about others. I so hope that we can do that for each other. This next one is Paul Harvey talking about the rest of the story when it comes to the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, that I know a lot of you enjoy every single holiday. And uh, here's the story by Paul Harvey, It's a Wonderful Life, the backstory. Author Philip Van Doren Stern got the idea one winter morning in 1938 while he was shaving. He was shaving and the entire story came to him beginning to end right there in front of the bathroom mirror. But Philip would not write the story down until a year later, and he would not try to sell the story until four more years had passed, and even then nobody would buy it. He tried to interest magazines in publishing it. He was turned down by everything from the Saturday Evening Post to the local farm journals. Finally, a movie studio bought the story, which the author had entitled The Greatest Gift. 
RKO Radio Pictures purchased the property at the suggestion of Cary Grant, by the way. Cary Grant thought the hero might be a suitable role for himself someday. And yet, try as they might, RKO screenwriters simply could not adapt the story to a movie-worthy script. So more years passed. RKO sold the greatest gift to another movie maker who had just organized a new company called Liberty Films. That producer-director's name, by the way, was Frank Capra. And under his loving guidance, Philip Stern's little Christmas story did grow into one of the most moving and heartwarming tales ever told. And each Christmas time, televiewers thrilled to the retelling of an all-American yarn which Frank Capra retitled, It's a Wonderful Life. But this is the rest of the story. The motion picture, It's a Wonderful Life, is about a man named George Bailey on the brink of suicide, granted a unique opportunity to see what the world would have been like had he never been born. It's a Wonderful Life has become a classic, consistently listed by critics among the ten greatest movies ever made, but it did not become an American cultural phenomenon until the mid-1970s, and there's a reason for that, aside from its intrinsic greatness. For you see, when It's a Wonderful Life first appeared in theaters, December 1946, it received mixed reviews. It barely broke even at the box office received not one Academy Award. Its less-than-spectacular reception was a tremendous disappointment to Frank Capra. It was so generally ignored over the following three decades that in 1974, when its copyright came up for renewal, somebody in the studio office forgot or didn't bother to go to the trouble of renewing the copyright, and that's how one of the ten greatest motion pictures of all times slipped inobtrusively into what's called the public domain. And that's why America's undisputed favorite holiday movie became just that, because television stations can air it for free. And so they air it often, exposing it to millions. Experts guesstimate that the owners, had they held on to the copyright, It's a Wonderful Life would be earning them conservatively $26 million a year. In addition to the more than 1,200 radio and television stations airing it at least twice each year, there are 15 video companies selling the classic on cassette. They're cranking out copies for what amounts to the wholesale cost of blank tape. That's right. To paraphrase its original title, maybe that is the greatest gift of all. That we all get rich every Christmas time in lots of ways because we get to see and re-see and re-see It's a Wonderful Life. Just because somebody, maybe some bumbling guardian angel, failed to renew the copyright. By the way, had that whoever it was back there bothered to renew the copyright, it would have cost his employers a renewal fee of only f of only four dollars. Merry Christmas. And now you know the rest of the story. Don't you love that? <laughs> Um, that's been a great story for a lot of people. A lot of people can get pretty depressed and uh, wonder about their role in this world. But I just saw a very, very cute poster. And it said, how cool is it that the same God that created not only the mountains, the streams, and even the galaxy knew that you, as an individual, had to come to this world, you out there listening, that you had to come to this world to make the difference that you would make. And only you can make it. And that's how important you are to him. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I really did. What a great message in these, in these times. Am I right? So I'll end this hour with Paul Harvey, the Bethlehem Innkeeper. Here you go. The Bethlehem Innkeeper has been getting a bum rap. 
Christmas seasons and sometimes in between, pulpits are aflame with righteous wrath over the Jesus born in a manger story. The very idea that men had waited through 20 centuries of darkness and the long-sought light had to enter the world through the window of a stable. Prophets of the Old Testament had told them where to expect the baby and approximately when, and yet the innkeeper did not even reserve a room. Well, now let's hold the phone here. The innkeeper's been getting a bum rap. If Robert Schuler was not the first to remind us, he was certainly the most eloquent when once upon a Christmas time he re-recited the Bethlehem story and he protested that the innkeeper had become the victim of cheap shots by preachers and teachers and pageant writers. The Bible does not accuse the innkeeper. Joseph did not complain to the innkeeper. Mary did not complain. Actually, the stable was a cave in a hillside where the cattle lived. It had many advantages over a room at the inn. The inn in Bethlehem was no Marriott Hotel. It was a place where the masses collected ruffians and thieves and heavy drinkers, rowdy men. In the inn, there would have been no soft straw bed. Mary would have had to lie on a hard floor. The inn was jam-packed at tax-paying time. The groans and natural screams of a teenage mother delivering her first child would have been overheard in other rooms. In the stable was privacy, where nobody would overhear her labor. No leering eyes would peer upon a woman giving birth. The stable was safe and secure and warmer than the inn. The inn was without heat, no furnaces, no more than one lobby fireplace. But the wide nostrils of cattle exhaling steam, breathing in the cold air and breathing out the warm air, warmed the stable. What might Joseph have done to protect his tax money against the thieves and the ruffians in the inn? Yet in the safety of the stable, there was no fear of a knife at one's throat in the night. So God and the innkeeper cooperated to provide a perfect place for Jesus to be born. A safe place, a quiet, soft, warm, comparatively comfortable, perfect place. And besides, the much maligned innkeeper of Bethlehem had given the best that he had. And isn't that all that is asked of any of us? Wow. You know, perspective is everything. So here's the, here's the message of this hour. You are very important. You need to be here for gifts that you can uh, that you possess and that you can give uh, to one another and to love one another is really very, very important in this world. And that his importance of his birth is important to all of us. And no matter what comes our way, I absolutely have every confidence that we will not only be accountable for how we handle what's coming, but also how we handle this with each other and the relationships we have. And I know that we can. There's no doubt in my mind. I remember telling my son this before he left for Costa Rica, not too long ago. I have every confidence that he can handle whatever comes his way. And for all my kids, I feel that. And for you. And I really hope that this Christmas is a beautiful season where we just focus on what's important and not on any sadness or depression or all the feelings that can creep in at a holiday time. But just know that maybe sometimes you might not think it, but you are loved and you are cared for and you do have special gifts that only you have that are very important to everyone else around you and that you need to be here. 
And there's so much we have to do. And I know we can do it. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Be faithful. Be fearless. Be fearless in everything you do. And I'll be back here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to share the show with you. Can't wait for your call-ins. And uh, hopefully you'll share this hour with others. Thank you. For listening to the Kate Daly Show. All of you. Did we have to fight with our own country for the security of our own country? The Kate Daly Show starts now. Today, we mark a tragic milestone here in the United States. One million COVID deaths. One million empty chairs around the family dinner table. Each irreplaceable, irreplaceable losses, each leaving behind a family, a community, forever changed because of this pandemic. My heart goes out to all of those who are struggling. In the hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, technically, if, even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. Go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem. Some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that. Is that we're going to have two viruses circulating at the same time. This spring that we just went through, February, we had a benefit of having the flu season ended so we could use all our flu surveillance systems to say whoops this is coronavirus we need to focus next fall and and uh, winter we are going to have two viruses circulating and we're going to have to distinguish between which is flu and which is the coronavirus three clips from government totally saying that really biden's lying because we don't have a million deaths from covid Little Mr. Potato Head, (laughs) again, completely lying to you because they've already been out telling you exactly what they're doing. They just call everything COVID. Yeah, this isn't the one million marker death anniversary of um, COVID because everything's COVID. Car accidents, Alzheimer's, nursing home, hospice, as she said. You're in hospice? Oh, well... If we swab you fraudulently with the fraudulent test for COVID, you got COVID, baby. Don't even, nothing else matters. Cancer? Eh, just COVID. So, got um, got to play the reel of truth following King Fraud a Lot's big lie. So, let's, let's pick up the spirit a little bit, shall we? Let's do. We just talked about why the elite do what they do. Why, why do they tell us what they're going to do? And it's to create a sense of apathy. Plus, they like the game. They like to tell you what they're doing so they can wash their hands of what they, in their weird psychopath compass, tells them that, well, we told them and they didn't do anything about it. So 
too bad. But they also like to get us to a point, the bigger point is they like to get us to a point of apathy. They like to get us to a point where we won't move because we feel like we've already been told what's going to happen. It's happening. We can't stop it. Like an avalanche. Okay. Before we move on, Uh I want people to think about this. As a people, we have always cheered for the underdog. Yes, we have. We love our underdogs. And yet, we're willing to lay down and be the underdog. Ooh. Why is that? It's a good point. It's a really good point. We really are. We're, We're willing to be that. You're right. So, uh, hat tip, Mike. He sent me a piece. Um, Chuck Baldwin wrote a great piece. And we want to talk about this. We want to invite you all into this conversation. Because it does have something to do with what we talked about in the last hour. Besides Chris Ann Hall and besides talking about the elite, okay? And why they, why they tell us what they're doing. They tell us their game plans. Usually not when everything's going to happen. But they, they do generally tell us what's, what they have in store. Yep. And this is why I made the point yesterday before we move on. The point I made yesterday was Susan being in in studio with me was that they tell you they tell you what's going to happen and they have a lot of drills like cyber polygon (laughs) but think about this if you didn't listen yesterday what is the drill about the drill isn't about what a normal drill would be right preventing the thing to come in a in a digital you know EMP or digital thing they don't spend a lot of time on that they only spend a lot of time on what they're going to do after because they're expecting the attack mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not preventing anything so the drill the drills that they have are all about now okay what what are we going to do when this happens so that's why the forecast of this is going to happen. This is why COVID came after the COVID drill in the fall of ni- yep. 2019. Then we got the whole thing planned out and laid out, and they told us exactly what they were doing. Okay. But had we been smarter as a populace, we could have seen it and done something about it. So let's talk about this. Growing up into your, into your adulthood, were you a sports junkie? I, I loved baseball. Okay. All right. I love sport baseball. junkie enough. Okay. Yeah. My husband really likes sports. Uh, likes the movie um, in, Invincible. I had Vince Papali on the show. Mm-hmm. He could not believe I got Vince Papali on the show because we've watched <laughs> that movie so many times. Love the music of that movie. It's all 70s. Hoosiers. Hoosiers is another thrilling underdog. Yep. Just like Invincible where the guy isn't supposed to win. The team isn't supposed to win. I've only watched it okay. 32 times. <laughs> Do you know what? I think most guys have watched yep. this way more than one yep. time. Because okay. yeah. it really is. It's a, it was t- told in a great way, too. So he said, I was on the LaPorte Park uh, school basketball team during my fifth and sixth grade years. And in our fifth grade season, we were undefeated and won the city championship. You guys can probably all relate. Maybe you had a year like that. Mm-hmm. In the sixth season, we lost two games to Riley School. But Riley was beaten in the playoffs. And so we won our second city, city championship. He goes, again, I'm talking about elementary school here. Through the rest of my school days, including the first two years of college, I participated in a variety of sports, including basketball, well, all of them, track, wrestling, you name it, even boxing. And when he was a young adult, he had the same sports craze in his bloodstream, right? And so he watched about every sporting event on television that he could. And he rooted for the Chicago uh, Cubs when Ferguson Jenkins, Ernie Banks, Ron Santo, Glenn Beckard, uh, uh, Don Kessinger, Billy Williams were all playing, right? At Wrigley Field. So he rooted for the Boston Celtics when Larry Bird 
was on there. We were just watching a series about Larry mm-hmm. Bird um, and Danny Ainge and, you know, all these guys, right? He said, I was a Green Bay Packers fan uh, watching uh, Vince Lombardi's uh, star-studded players list, right? So he's going through and naming all the names and... And he says, I tried to watch the big prize fights and George Foreman and all of them. Through the years, he said, not only did I find much more important things to do than watch sports, but all of the corruption, cheating, political correctness, and finally the, t- the COVID tyranny with all the mask crazy and insane rules and everything else took the enthusiasm, enthusiasm out of sports for him. And he got to the point where he would watch none of it now. Now, I don't know if you guys feel that way. I do. I can't stand watching sports now. I can't. Not after COVID. Not after they all acted like such wuss bags. I got that way after the first baseball strike. Did you? Yep. Yeah. It, that killed okay. it for me. Okay. Killed well, it. I can understand. So he said, you know, he's come to this conclusion that sports, especially football, is being ruled by the, used to be the ruling class to keep fighting age men distracted from what the elites are doing to enslave them. That is a very true statement. Let me repeat it. (laughs) Especially football is being used by the ruling class, those same elites we were talking about in the prior hour, to keep fighting age men distracted from what the elites are doing to enslave them. It's very true. This is a very true statement. Richard Day, who I refer to often, he actually said the same thing. He said sports would be the biggest distraction. Okay, this is why you have super fans and everything else is because we have to put our attention somewhere so we don't, you know, cry at some of the stuff happening to our country. So he said, here I am writing about the 2022 Kentucky Derby after not watching. Okay, after he stopped watching all the sports stuff because all the stuff, the kneeling and everything else was just making him sick. So on Monday, his wife showed him a video of Saturday's race and he said, I had to watch it. Now my wife is is the total opposite of me when it comes to sports. She's not into sports. She's never followed any of it. Okay, non-sports person. Probably like me. I'm a non-sports person. She was all excited. She said, I had to watch that one race. And now he's watched it 20 times. And he said, I've never seen a race like that ever. Even the most devoted horse racing fans are saying this was the greatest race in history. The greatest race of our lifetime. Yep. Do you think so? You watched oh, it. Oh, I watched it several times. <laughs> okay. The fact of the matter is, is that mm-hmm. horse did it by itself. The yeah. jockey played a very small yeah. part in it. Yep. Yep. So the winning horse, Rich Strike, was the last horse added to the starting gate. Only moments before the deadline. Due to horse number 20 being scratched out at the last minute. Yep. So a last minute horse. His odds to win were 80 to 1. Horse jockey, trainer, groomer, and horse owner, right, were no names. Nobody knew who they were. This is going to be a great movie someday. Rich Strike was purchased for $30,000. That was it. He was racing against million-dollar thoroughbreds. And today, Rich Strike is the most popular name in sports. So for as long as he could remember, racing experts said that no horse can win the big race and that the Kentucky Derby is the biggest unless the horse is near the front gate going into the stretch. So you can't win unless your horse is near the front going into the stretch. Rich Strike was in the 17th place out of 20 going into the stretch. (laughs) And he beat the biggest names in racing. Epicenter, Messier Zandon, most spectacular finish perhaps in racing history. You know, I know the lady well. Um, I met her on my mission when I was serving up in Washington State and um, became very close to her. And she's the one that paints all these horses. 
she paints the portraits of all these horses. She mm-hmm. was commissioned by the queen to go to the queen of to the queen of England to to do her horses too. And these, the reason I say that is these animals are so spectacular, right? The yes, best they of the are. best, the cream of the crop. I mean, she's their painter. But let me just tell you, I mean, she walks away in awe after making these paintings. Okay, so. You can read about all of this in 100 newspapers, but why is Chuck Baldwin talking about it? We've had Chuck on the show. He's really a fantastic guest and very honest. And he's the one that talked all about the, you know, getting told what to do by the state. If you're a church, you get letters telling you what to do. Okay, if you guys remember that interview. So this race shocked the racing world and thousands of people lost a lot of money. And all the experts were left red faced and dumbfounded because they think they have this whole strategy nailed. Just like being in the front, right? For the Mm -hmm. stretch. You have to be there or you're not going to win. So this no name horse beat the millionaire racing machines and the know-it-all pundits and the sports writers, and even the fans. And he did it on horse racing's biggest stage. (laughs) I love this. And uh, Chuck Baldwin says, Rich Strike did it in style. The look he gave Epicenter when he flew by him at the wire is absolutely priceless. Ladies and gentlemen, this race illustrated to my heart what can happen in an instant. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this because this is really where the lesson is for all of us. I mean, it's a spectacular lesson. We'll be right back. Kate Daly Show. Dr. Josh Sleeser from the Zion Eye Institute. Did you know that sometimes kids are thought to have learning disabilities when really they have problems with their vision and corrective eyewear can help? It's a good idea to have your child's eyes checked as early as preschool to give them every chance to do their best. At Zion Eye Institute, we can help. We've been caring for the eyes of Southern Utah for over 40 years. Trust our family to care for the eye care needs of your family. Call Zion Eye Institute today, 435-292-5456. Have you checked out Discount Pond yet? They're a family-owned and operated full-service pond shop and have been in business for years. They have won several categories of Best of Southern Utah over the years and have the best online ratings of all the pond shops in St. George. Right now, they have a huge selection of new and used firearms and are even offering up to 20% off on all used guns and up to 10% off on all new guns. Stop by and check them out at 175 West, 900 South, Suite 11, just behind Jimmy John's on Bluff Street, or check them out online at stgeorgepond.com. Three months after the apocalypse. Oh, MREs again. I'm sorry, honey, but that's all we have. But it's been two years since the end of the world, Mom. You can blame your father for filling our food storage with MREs. Hey, it was good enough for me in the Battle of Gog and Magog, and it's good enough for you now. But the Johnsons have the best food storage. They got it at your family still matters before the apocalypse. How come you didn't get our food storage from your family still matters, huh? Paintball violins and food storage. 175 West, 900 South. Your family still matters. Water slides, splash pads, giant Super Bowl slide, huge jump pillow, black light mini golf course, water trikes and bikes, gaga ball, and so much more is what you will find at Zion Utah Jellystone Park. Come stay in the well-appointed campsites or luxury modern cabins. Book now for the 2023 season before it is sold out. Just minutes from Sand Hollow and Sand Mountain. Reserve your dates now. Book at ZionUtahJellystonePark.com. 
I'm dreaming of a purple Christmas. You know something? Everybody ought to be dreaming of a purple Christmas. Purple features the latest and greatest in mattress technology, and they're amazing. Hi, I'm Dave Mizrahi, owner of Best Mattress. Right now, save $900 on a new Purple Plus sleep system and get 25% off on all purple accessories. They're amazing, too. In fact, a purple pillow would make a great Christmas or Hanukkah present. So may all your Christmases be purple. Best Mattress. Sleep easy, friend. See store for details. So you're finally thinking of selling the place. Ugh, we know it's time, but this whole process makes me tired already. All right, listen, get the local real estate source to make it easier. LivingStGeorge.com. I did, and it made this whole process smooth, but still got me a fair price that I felt pretty great about. LivingStGeorge.com found me this local pro who knew the market managed the whole thing. LivingStGeorge.com found you someone who got you your price without extra hassle. What's not to love? Time to have LivingStGeorge.com find me a great local agent. Hi, friends and neighbors. It's Greg from Gold Ore Store, your best choice for silver and gold as a great alternative to a terribly disappointing government and its awful failing dollar. Every day, people come from all over the area with their stories of dismay and stress related to their bank accounts and how frustrated they are with the present economic conditions. The banks are a mess. The corporations are a mess. The government's a mess. People always fall back to the things they know to always be true. My message is one of hope and relief for us as a Americans. Buy physical silver as a hedge against uncontrolled government and their wasteful spending programs. In this season of giving, we are ready and able to assist you in your decision to let go of those discretionary funds and buy silver and gold. We are the world-famous, award-winning St. George's iconic hub downtown. Come experience the one-on-one privacy and security of the Gold Ore Store. 435-703-9119. Again, 435-703-9119. What if I told you the next 53 seconds could change your life. I know it sounds dramatic, but it's true. And while this ad might not be for everyone, if what I'm about to describe sounds familiar, you need to call us today. Let me get to the point. You've heard all the medical terms or nicknames, but ED is real. In fact, most of the people we work with deal with depression, unsatisfied relationships, an unhappy spouse, and even confidence issues. People think it's just about the bedroom. But if you're struggling with ED, you know it's far more. At Prolong Medical Center, our treatment plans have an 85% success rate. Yes, 85%. If privacy is keeping you from picking up the phone, we get it. This is why we have a discreet entrance and spread appointments out. Worried about price? Don't stress. Treatment is affordable and transparent. Your case is not hopeless. This can change your life. Prolong Medical Center in St. George. Online at ProlongMedicalCenter.com. This show is pre-recorded. Now, call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show.
exciting uh, finish, man. That was... Like you said, it was like a car. Yeah. He, the horse <laughs> looked like through. a car in a horse race. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> very, very exciting finish for Rich, Rich Strike. And uh, welcome back to the show. Make sure you get to preparewithkate.com. Get some food storage, please. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. And also, um, you can make payments on it. Yeah. Monthly payments on it. So you're not having to pay it all right now, but you can get it under your roof. And I would highly suggest it right now. And also get the Zelenko Z-Stack and Detox, uh, the Pure Body Spray. They're all fantastic products. Clean Start is a great hand sanitizer. Everybody needs this for camping, for off-road. I have it in my stuff. I'm telling you, it actually helps wounds too. If you do something while you're camping or off-grid, get Clean Start. You can make the bottles as you go. All, all, on all of these, you're going to use the code word Kate. And also go to Balance of Nature. Make sure you get Balance of Nature and make sure, please, please start taking it right now. Uh, they, they have things planned. Please take it so you get your immune system up. Balanceofnature.com, code word Kate, 31 fruits and vegetables a day. Okay? Um, so we have to talk about this. This is so amazing, this story. And there's another one, too, that we want to talk about because right now we need, we need to remember who we are. That's our biggest lesson this week is to remember who we are in the face of all of the lying and in the face of all that's going on. And we are remarkable when we have God on our side. I saw a meme the other day that said, you know, he helped Moses do this. He helped, you know, all these people along do this and do this and do this. Miracles are always had, always, always there. So don't think that we're without our miracles. So you read all about this, right? And Chuck Baldwin did the talked about this story about his love for sports and then he tuned out of sports with the whole COVID nonsense and the kneeling nonsense and all that. They got to be spoiled rotten little babies wanting million dollar paychecks talking about how oppressed they were. He stopped watching it just like you probably did too. Then when Rich Strike won, he saw the video and went, "Oh my gosh. This is amazing." This race shocked the whole racing world. Lots of people lost a lot of money, okay? And the Kentucky Derby is now called the most exciting two minutes in sports. I love this. And so those last two minutes last Saturday, doubtlessly, you know, doubtless changed horse racing for many years to come. Don't you love this? Yes. Yeah. I do. I think it's fantastic. So to put this in racing terms, the odds of America overcoming the billionaire machines that are orchestrating the collapse of freedom, limited government, foundational moral principles, your women screaming for abortion, the kids that don't know what gender they are, that think it's normal to undefined women and men, the sound economics, you're having problems paying at the pump, you're doing all of these things, right? It's about the same as those as Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> the the last time the horse racing world was this excited was mm-hmm. with Secretariat. Yes, yes, which was made into a phenomenal movie. A great movie. Um, and so what he said was, he said he kind of looked back at his Mother's Day message, Chuck Baldwin did, and he said, for God, nothing shall be impossible. And that is true. Amen. A lot of miracles have come our way, haven't they? And look at this country. We were the underdog. We were never supposed to win. And we did. We did. And and God was right there. So he said, I'm confident that the ruling class is smugly convinced that they are on the verge of total conquest. <laughs> Everybody was wearing the masks. Yeah. This is why we did in the face of, of from the day one, every single day. 
we poked holes in this case yes, every single day. And even through all the hate mail, the reason we did it was because the only way they win is if you go along and believe the crap that they give you. Yep. You keep doing what they tell you to do, and they do think they're going to win this. And they do. They they get very, very, um, you know, kind of high on the horse, forgive the pun, and they, they feel like they've got us. And they became very overconfident during COVID, and now they're panicking because people went, wait a minute. Yeah, I, nobody around me was falling dead. Yeah. They were only dying in the ICU. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? So first the COVID tyranny and now war and economic chaos, right? And it's a one-two punch that America that, that has America staggering against the ropes, and all the signs are that it will only get worse. It is going to get worse. There's no doubt. Yep. But that's it's kind of like the refiner's fire for us. It is. And you'll see why when we get to the end of this. This is our refiner's fire. And somehow, some way, you're going to come out of this. How are you going to come out of this? Do you know what ticked me off the most during COVID, during 2020 and the lockdown and all this nonsense? Was how stupid people acted. I couldn't take it. I'd go to the store and I'd get, I would get enraged because I would feel like, do you guys all realize that you're letting them win? You're letting them win because everyone's acting like they're afraid of a germ. You're going to let them win voluntarily. I was so angry at people. I couldn't take it anymore. So I don't know if you felt the same way, but the stupidity was so enormous that I thought, I used to have all this faith in American people, and now I don't. I don't have faith in people anymore. And I lost my faith in, in other individuals because I thought, we're the most moronic people on earth. We'll believe anything. So coming out of that, let me go back to what Chuck Baldwin says, unless you want to take it from here. Furthermore, you know, he says the vast, Amer- uh, vast majority of Americans, both conservatives and liberals, Republicans and Democrats, are being sheepishly led around the nose by a U.S. propaganda machine. That's a, and that's an absolute fact. We yep. are bombarded daily yes. with disinformation and lies coming from the elite, the media, everything they control. The only way I find it easy to fight it myself mm-hmm. is because every day, the first thing I pray in the morning is Psalm 27. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Ooh. Wow. The Lord is the stronghold like of my life. Mm-hmm. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wow. It does. It makes you invincible. Yes, it does. It really does. To all of this crazy. And um, I know that the churches got in on the propaganda machine. I get it. All both, of them. both of our churches did. Okay. We get it. And they will because of what Chuck Baldwin came on the show himself to tell us. And that was they started getting letters the minute they became um, a, 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 a nonprofit, a 501c3. The, the minute the federal government had their hooks on the churches, the churches then were told what they had to prop up. Yeah. Okay. One hand washes so, the other. Yeah. And, and all that means is you as an individual have to fight up against that. As an individual, you have to make those decisions for yourself. Okay. Because you know that they're going to get told what to say in these instances. Okay. That's just how it's going to go down. Yep. 
you have a personal relationship with the spirit that tells you what's going on. And that's what you need to go by in those cases when you know the government's telling them like the CDC is telling them things. Okay. For the future. I'm saying that for the future. So when the old, this is what Chuck Baldwin said, when the old Testament prophet Elijah was being hunted by queen Jezebel, he cried to God from inside a cave and complained that he was the only prophet resisting a tyranny. God reminded him that there were yet 7,000 prophets who had not bowed the knee to Baal. Yep. So he said, as I look around the political, civil, civil, and religious landscapes, it's easy to start feeling the loneliness and helplessness that Elijah felt. When 80% of evangel- uh, evangelicals are a major promoter of the COVID tyranny and war propaganda, and that's true, 80% are, okay? Any kind of recovery seems as likely as a rich strike winning the Kentucky Derby, and it's true. I have felt that way, and it's made me very angry because I have thought people are the stupidest people on earth that they would go along with this and prop this up without thinking at all. You know what keeps me from feeling the loneliness and the helplessness? What's that? Our audience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You guys have been such a, it's so supportive and so awesome. And I know how many smart people are listening right now. And I'm telling you, that really does it. That gives me hope. And when we had all those call-ins during those early days and people were seeing it, what we were seeing and I was, and, and not like we only knew, I'm not saying that I'm saying all of you were seeing it. We were echoing what you thought too, you know, and we were kind of coming together and Fox news did a story on our city here that said, they don't know that COVID's happening. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going by the rules. They're not scared. Okay. So, so anyway, um, so when you watch that race, you're going to see something in that horse that is unmistakable. The horse ran with confidence, courage, and heart. There is something inside that horse last Saturday that would not let him accept defeat. He looked the top millionaire horse in the eye and said, not today. And he didn't know that he was supposed to lose. Oh my gosh, this gets me choked up. Yep. It's so where we're at right now, you guys. We're so right there. And even after the race... The horse was still in a fighting mood. And he said, man, I love that horse. (laughs) Rich strike should be all of us. Forget the odds. Forget the wannabe tyrant billionaires. Forget the, you know, the Bill Gates and the little fake G Hitler man and the, the, all these people. Just forget about them. Forget the corrupt millionaire politicians. Forget the lying propaganda media, the fake hair and nice teeth. And all they do is read a script because they're so disgusting. Forget the panty waist preachers. Forget when all, when God Almighty is ready for his courageous. Not today, remnant to change the race. He can do it in two minutes. He can change the race in two minutes. Is that not the truth? Yes. Remember the parting of the sea? (laughs) You know, all of these things that happen at the end of, of the trial, at the end of the trial, he makes a way. He makes a way, always makes a way. And, uh, and so he said, rich strike should be all of us when God almighty is, is ready for this, you know, not today remnant. We must have what that horse had last Saturday. We must have courage. We must have stamina. We must have strength and determination to put our whole entire heart in this race for truth and liberty. And as with rich strike, we must be willing to accept defeat. 
man, I like that horse. Unwilling, I'm sorry, unwilling to accept defeat. And you know, I, I looked at those these girls on the corner of my neighborhood and bouncing up and down like idiots, you know, freedom for women, women's rights. And I thought, this is the only time in their life they're going to go out on that street corner and, and they're going to actually march for murder and jump up and down so they can murder people. And they don't get excited about anything else. And so when you see these women and you see these people marching this weekend, that's really the only thing they're invested in. But you know what we have, what we have collectively, and I hate that word, what we have, is that we're going to put our whole heart into the whole part of freedom and liberty and everything else. Not one issue. No. Everything. We're putting everything into it. So when you see these morons marching for something they're not even losing, (laughs) just remember that that's probably the only thing they're doing. And they're not putting their whole heart into anything like you are. You are invested. You want this. You want your freedom and your liberty back. And you're going to fight for it. And God's going to make a way in those last two minutes. But we got to go through the refiner's fire a little bit. Balance of Nature would like to invite you to a very special event happening tonight at the Balance of Nature Building, 1568 South River Road. It's the Balance of Nature Annual Christmas Tree Festival. Each year, the employees of Balance of Nature put together over a dozen trees that are all types of different Christmas themes. Balance of Nature opens up their building at 1568 South River Road to the community tonight only from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Bring the entire family for a free bag of fresh, juicy oranges, Christmas treats, and come get in the Christmas spirit while touring the displays of the amazing Christmas trees. Balance of Nature just wants to say Merry Christmas to the entire community of Southern Utah. Come get your free bag of oranges, a Christmas treat, and tour the amazing Christmas trees on display tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Balance of Nature. 1568 South River Road. Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where Garage Doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times, and by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah, brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. My wife is always on me about making sure I tell you folks about the other inventory besides silver and gold at the world-renowned and award-winning Gold Ore Store, especially right now at this special time of year. Yes, it's me again, Greg, the co-owner with Mel... That's a pronoun, she, short for melody, for anyone who wants to know. Anyway, we just want you to know that besides being the best precious metals gold and silver store, we have the best rock and crystal shop and the best place.
place to buy a unique gift in all of Southern Utah. As voted by you, the incredible residents of this amazing location called St. George, a.k.a. Dixie, P.S. Merry Christmas on 7 North Main Street in historic downtown St. George, Utah. We can guarantee you have never seen or experienced anything like the wonderful Gold Ore Store. 435-703-9119. That's 435-703-9119. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hello, Gary Gentry here from Gentry Music and Arts. This holiday season is a great time to add the joy of music and art in your life. Here at Gentry Music and Arts, we have special holiday pricing on our pianos, grand pianos, keyboards, and now player pianos both in grands, uprights, and baby grands. Add the beautiful gift of music to your home. We serve all of Southern Utah from Beaver to Mesquite and Kanab. You need a piano moved or a piano tuned? We do that too. We also have Southern Utah's largest selection of art supplies, including an art gallery by Carmen Gentry. We have so much to offer you. Sheet music, band and orchestra supplies, Christmas books, everything you can imagine relating to music and art. Don't miss our holiday specials here at Gentry Music and Arts located in Kmart Shopping Plaza in St. George. 435-703-5690. Visit Gentry Music and Arts in the Kmart Shopping Center, 771 South Bluff. What if I told you the next 53 seconds could change your life? I know it sounds dramatic, but it's true. And while this ad might not be for everyone, if what I'm about to describe sounds familiar, you need to call us today. Let me get to the point. You've heard all the medical terms or nicknames, but ED is real. In fact, most of the people we work with deal with depression, unsatisfied relationships, an unhappy spouse, and even confidence issues. People think it's just about the bedroom. But if you're struggling with ED, you know it's far more. At Prolong Medical Center, our treatment plans have an 85% success rate. Yes, 85%. If privacy is keeping you from picking up the phone, we get it. This is why we have a discreet entrance and spread appointments out. Worried about price? Don't stress. Treatment is affordable and transparent. Your case is not hopeless. This can change your life. Prolong Medical Center in St. George. Online at ProlongMedicalCenter.com. The Kate Daly Show is brought to you by Aragosta Restaurant. You don't need to go to Vegas to experience five-star dining. Visit Aragosta Restaurant right here in St. George and see why they were voted best in Southern Utah. Now three years in a row, Chef Amy invites you to make your reservation today and treat yourself to fine dining at Aragosta Restaurant. This show is pre-recorded. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. Happy to be here right now. And honestly, you know, when I think about how, what we have to do, I actually think about this song. Listen to this before we go on, because we're going to still talk about this. I, uh, I absolutely love this song. Here we go. Stand me up at the gates of hell. 
makes me emotional Um, because honestly the reason that they play the game with us the game that we were talking about in the first hour about we're going to tell you what we're going to do is to create apathy so that we feel like we're outsmarted we're out everything so that we won't do anything and why do they have to do that because we are their biggest fear too many of us buck the system too many of us say no too many of us say i'm not wearing a cloth on my face i'm not going to believe you i'm not going to do what you say i'm not going to go run get your shot i'm not going to go do this i'm not going to be part of it they freak out a little bit if you do that that's why they play the game so horrendously so they are not horrendously but they they fiercely because they're really afraid of you i would love to see everyone who understands Mm -hmm. To get a T-shirt and wear it, all of us on the same day, that says, proud member of the remnant. Ooh, yeah. 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 We, we have to energize those people out there that are finally starting to figure it out. We have to come together. Because they don't like us in numbers. This is why they infiltrate every city. This is why they try to make sure that they go to events and things like that. Because they want to keep people down. They want to keep events. They, they want to keep their, their finger on the pulse all the time. Right? This is how they work. They're so afraid of an uprising. They're so afraid of an armed uprising. They're afraid of every kind of uprising. By the people. Because they know the people have power against them. They can only do what they can do if they can get everyone to save their job and do what they're told and everything else. But if everybody starts bucking that, they literally can't do it. There was the story about Jim Thorpe that we, um, I don't know if we ever mentioned this on the show. I'm sh- I know you guys all know the story of Jim Thorpe, don't you, by now? But that story was so amazing because he was amazing. In fact, his shoes were stolen before he was, he was a... Um, Native American, right? Yeah, he was Native American. And this was clear back, like in the 1912. And he actually, his shoes were stolen. His shoes were stolen. I mean, what's the most important thing for a runner? You gotta gotta have your game, but you also need shoes. At the Olympics. At the Olympics. At the 1912 Olympics. Yeah, his shoes were stolen. He rummaged through the trash, found... And I think one person gave him a single shoe, and then he found another one in the trash. Something along those lines. He had two, if you look at the pictures, he has two mismatched shoes. And he wore those. And when I, when I, anyone, <laughs> when I think about this story, they may have stolen our shoes. Met to many people, when involved in in track at the Olympics, might have thought that was a game changer and might have given up and said, I can't run, I don't have any shoes. He won eight gold medals that year. Eight. And because he didn't let it stop him. So you kind of have to look at what they're doing right now to make it equal to somebody stealing your shoes. And 
And even though that's really hard to get over because you certainly would need them to to run in the Olympics, he made he made do. He he was gonna he was going to compete regardless. He was going to do it. And he was going to win, just like Rich Strike yep. had that courage, had that confidence. He's going to win. Doesn't matter what's on his feet. Doesn't matter. That guy led quite a life. Yes, Who he was did. his coach? You know, we still know that name today. It was a man named Glenn Scobie Warner, better known Pop Warner. Yeah. Pop Warner football. Still today. Wow. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah, okay. Hey, great subject today. Uh, one of the things I, I wonder right now is if you look at what's happening in China, mm-hmm. where they have put the jackboot on their people of total lockdown, which is what they wanted to do here, mm-hmm. fought them on it, were able to hold it off. Mm-hmm. How are they going to take it off? Mm-hmm. What do they think people are going to do? Right. They're going to rise up like crazy. It's yeah. just like if you take an animal that's moseying along and you capture it, yep. mm-hmm. when you let it go, it goes nuts. Yeah, it's so true. And that's exactly what's going to happen there. And it's going to happen here with the people who have been awakened in the next election. They're going to go, you got me once. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to do me again. Right. I, and I don't know. <laughs> their, their bluff has been called. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes how they're going to deal with the fact that this is mm-hmm. the time to right. say, well, that's it. You're done. Yep. Thank you for that. Yeah. Really appreciate the That's feedback. the reason for the war talk. Yeah. That yeah. is the reason right there for yeah. all the war talk that's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. So Jim Thorpe, Native American, had a hard time even getting to those Olympics. I mean, think back on the time, okay? And if you look at the photo... Look him up today, Jim Thorpe. You're going to notice he's wearing um, different socks and shoes. Yeah. It wasn't a fashion statement. Uh, one teammate reportedly lent him one, and then Thorpe managed to find another in a garbage can. Since one of the shoes was too big, he literally had to wear extra socks to make it fit. <laughs> it's not like he found one of his size. No. He went on to win those gold medals. And Thorpe began the Olympics by crushing the field in the now-defunct pentathlon, which consisted of five events in a single day. He placed first in four of them, dusting his competition in the 1,500-meter run by almost five seconds. A week later, the three-day decathlon competition began in the pouring rain. Thorpe opened the event by splashing down the track. This is rain, you guys, on a track in the 100-meter dash in 11.2 seconds, a time not equaled until 1948. And believe me, they tried. And I just, I, I look at this and I think, do you know sometimes, do you ever think that maybe Rich Strikes win is a little message, a little message from God, hang in there, fight back, have some confidence? If you've never seen it mm-hmm. or have children, mm-hmm. get and watch Jim Thorpe, All oh, yeah. American from mm-hmm. 1951. It tells the entire story. Mm-hmm. Burt Lancaster plays Jim Thorpe. Right. Great movie. Yep. 
And uh, by the way, on the final day of competition, because I think these Jim Thorpe stories and the Rich Strike stories are all along the way for us. Really and truly pay attention to these. Um, on the final day of competition, Thorpe placed third and fourth in the events in which he was most inexperienced, <laughs> the pole vault and the javelin. Then came the very last event, the 1,500-meter run. Okay? The metric mile was a leg-burning monster that came after nine other events over two solid days, and he was still in the mismatched shoes with the one that was too big with the extra socks. Don't tell me we can't do this. Don't tell me that you feel like the news is too heavy and you just can't take it anymore. Don't tell me that. <laughs> we, we can do this, but we have, to, we have to stay in, you know? And we have about the same odds, like Chuck Baldwin says, that Rich Strike had. It's about the same. Yep. Or the same as Jim Thorpe even making the Olympics, let alone crushing the competition in shoes that didn't fit. I mean... The odds don't matter. Yeah. And there are enough stories like this to show us what can be done. Yep. So why do we believe that we can't? They're very, very good at, at trying to psychologically crush us why are we letting them if there's anything you've learned over the last two and a half years please let it be that you see who they are now please don't listen to their crap please don't listen to the media they lie to you they lie every day every single day don't believe them don't give them credit don't wait for them to give you the truth they're never going to what is that story about the snake i'll give you a little ride frog gets bit <laughs> told you i was a snake <laughs> it's the truth why do we keep why do please let's not repeat this last two and a half years it was so horrendous we've had so much death because of the shots that they that they were uh, making everybody take and wanting us to take and convincing us to take there should be enough evidence now in your corner that you've seen everything now right with the pfizer documents showcasing it the numbers of the dead Walgreens, 5,000 stores, you have, you're going to get more sick because you took those shots. And now, like, seriously, like, what, what would you say spiritually to that? Repent and don't do it again. <laughs> Stop the madness. Please. And get a copy of the Eddie Fisher song. You got to have heart. <laughs> you got to have heart. Yep. All it right, was, it was the song out. in the movie Damn Yankees, which is another great movie about heart. I love it. I love it. You know what? We are, you guys, we're our own worst enemy. We really do need to, we really do need to uh, Baseball is only one. get our confidence back. The other half is something else. Something bigger. <laughs> you gotta have. <laughs> you know what? That's great. I, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I know that anything's possible. I know there's been large miracles that have come our way as a people. We didn't get this country 
because we just thought we, you know, hoped we, we had to really invest a lot of faith. And this is why I do a lot of stories about water and, and, you know, what are we actually praying for, you know? And are we actually praying? Are we just praying for rain? Are we actually praying? Where can we find that water? Okay. It's all about our faith, what we're ready to, what we're ready to put out there. How much heart are we going to put into this? Put a little faith in God. And, and then at the end of the day, I think there's a miracle in those last two minutes, but they don't call it the refiner's fire for nothing. (laughs) This is a refiner's fire and we're in it. We're swimming in it right now. How are you going to come out of this? What are you going to say your story is to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren? What are they going to remember you for? Are they going to see you standing up against this? Are they going to see you fighting for something? Or were you just really comfortable and didn't say a thing? Man, I hope my kids never look at me and say, well, my mom was really comfortable. She was a little too shy to go out and say what was on her mind. I would hate that. I hope they realize how much I love my liberty, their liberty, and how much we fight for this every day to expose it and put ourselves in danger to do it because I'm telling you, and I know you're doing the same thing, it's because it's worth it. It's worth fighting for. It's worth going through the refiner's fire for. Amen. What are you going to be remembered for? Oh, yes. My grandparents had a collection of masks. They wore them for five years. <laughs> had cute little sayings on them. Oh, my gosh. What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your life to mean? It isn't about, you know, the, some of the stuff that we think it's about. There really are things worth fighting for. And let's have a little more God in our nation, can we? Because right now, as much as we say we love God, we're really lacking. We are really lacking. We really need to increase what we're doing in faith, too. I didn't see a whole lot of faith anywhere at any church in what was going on either. And I want to see more of that. Yes. I'm glad we had this hour. 